Anyway, don't you find that interesting to learn about Marty Huggins? That's my opponent, Marty Huggins. Eat up, everyone. Enjoy. Welcome to the fucking show. So we just got done with an eventful week 17 of the NFL, the last week of the NFL, the last week of a full NFL slate um, for this season. A lot of eventful things happen. Uh, the playoff scenario sorted itself out. Now we have our matchups. We have the six games on Saturday and Sunday. I think the one thing we wanted to start with, which I think a lot of people were talking about, especially because it was the last game of the day, was the Washington football team playing the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles actually hosted this game. Pretty controversial game. Uh, a lot of reactions on Twitter. It was a pretty fun time to be on Twitter. A lot of reactions from the, I mean, specifically, I mean, even the broadcasters, like Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, they kept talking yeah, talk about it. Really, it yeah, really, it really got serious. Yeah, it was, they kept talking. Like after, In the second half, they kept mentioning, like, oh, imagine if you're a Giants fan. Imagine if you're a Giants player. Imagine if you're a Giants, uh, just a guy on the staff. Um, but uh, just to lay it all out, if you watched the game, if you didn't, I'm sure you heard about it. There was actually, I was looking at the, the box score. Uh, I should probably bring that up for now. I don't have it. But um, there was only three points scored in the second half. But uh, I think what blew everybody away was Nate Sudfield getting put in the game in place of Jalen Hurts for the, uh, in the first possession of the fourth quarter. And uh, I think the, oh, so these are the possessions after Nate Sudfield came in. The Eagles were only down three at that point. And here are the possessions when Nate Sudfeld came in. Interception, fumble, punt, and then that last possession uh, where the time ran out. So zero points there. Um, let me just read this quote from Miles Sanders, and then you can get some thoughts, and then I have some thoughts. So this is from Miles Sanders. Did you, did you just he see his quote today? Or maybe earlier? I didn't. No, was no, it? no, no, no. I only saw what was going on Sunday night. No, it, was a, it was a pretty good quote. I'll read it right now. It says... This is from Miles Sanders. If I'm being honest, nobody liked the decision. Nobody. That's all I can say, really. I don't know who was the main person behind that decision. All I know is that a lot of people on the team were confused. Pretty telling statement there from Miles Sanders. Yeah. So, uh, what, so what, you're getting, what, what you're getting at, and again, you, you haven't used the word once, and I'm glad you didn't because yeah. I kind of want to lay it into you. What you're getting into is, is, is people using the theory or, or the, the, I guess, the idea that the Eagles were tanking and the Eagles didn't want to win. And the Eagles felt like, you know, they had control of the game and they thought that, you know, if they're leaving in hurts, it was going to ultimately, you know, win them the game. Um, the way, the way the game was kind of shaking out. Um, I, I got a couple, I got a couple, just, just a couple things on this. I, I don't necessarily think they were tanking. I, I wouldn't use that word tanking because tanking to me is, is, is a wider, is a broader word and, and a wide word that should be used as far as a whole season. You know, like it's funny that, that the Eagles, because a couple of years ago, I think the, the most blatant thing I've seen in tanking was was the Sixers. You know, they did that for a couple of years, trading guys like Michael, Michael Carter Williams after one year, uh, you know, just kind of saving draft picks and, and all that. 
So I, I don't I don't like the word tanking used for that. The second thing is the is the Giants fans being upset, and and the Giants fans obviously Giants fans players and everybody getting upset. Eli, see Eli, did. Eli chimed in. I did, yeah, yeah. No, I saw that. Like I said, that I watched the whole. I think it was like a ten minute spiel. Get up, did, and they 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 showed the players' tweets. They showed, you know, the the post game reaction and all that. If I'm the Giants, I mean, I I don't I don't see how you could be upset with, with the Eagles or the Eagles players or any anybody with the Eagles. First of all, you you're you're their hated division rival. I mean, the NFC East has probably the best rivalries in the NFL. I know it wasn't true this year, but you know you could look at any of these matchups. I mean, Giants Cowboys. Giants, Redskins, Eagles, Redskins, Eagles, Giants, Eagle, uh, Cowboys, Eagles, you know, any of those matchups, they're, they're pretty hated. And they're pretty, you know, it's really the last real division. I mean, I guess you could say the North with the Bears and, and the Vikings and all that, but, but it's really the last real division uh, as far as, you know, big time rivalries. If you're, if you're the Giants, I mean, what do you expect from the Eagles? That they're really going to try to help you out and, you know, be happy for you to get into the playoffs. Um, and then the third thing I, I would say is, why don't, why don't you win more games if you're the Giants? I mean, I, I don't think you have anybody to be upset about if you're the Giants except yourselves. I mean, you went six and ten. You had a horrible you had a horrible start to the season. You kind of middled off, and then towards the end of the season, you didn't really play well either. You know, you rallied this week last week seventeen against the Cowboys uh, to kind of put yourself in that spot. But again, at six and ten, I, I don't see much much complaints that the Giants could have. Um, as far as an Eagles perspective, I, I think it looks. I think it's going to be worse internally. I think. The Eagles are going to take, you know, their, their shot. everybody's going to take shots at the Eagles and say this and say that and say how it's, you know, bad for that. I know you're going to use the football gods. I know you love that analogy. Um, I think it's worse in the locker room, and I think it's going to have a worse effect uh, at the end of the day in the locker room and for the Eagles. I think it was a bad decision to kind of play it out the way they played it out. If you wanted to do that, if you wanted to see Nate Sutton, I think you have to do that starting the second half. Uh, I don't know how much worse it would have been backlash-wise, but I think as a team-wise, I think it would have been a little different. To do it in the start of the fourth quarter, uh, coaches talk about all the time that the fourth quarter is the time to win the games and it's winning time. Um, and, and bringing in a backup quarterback and, you know, taking out a guy who'd been playing well. I mean, Hurts hadn't been playing, you know, extremely well, but he'd been playing well. I know he missed that fourth down pass uh, down at the goal. I know that was another big decision that people didn't like. Them, you know, uh, kick, them going for it on fourth down instead of yeah. kicking the field goal. Mm. Um, I, I didn't have a problem with that. I mean, again, Doug Peterson's known for going for it. But to, to wrap up my point, I think it's going to have more uh, of an effect and, and more of a negative effect as far as not just not not the media coverage of it, but I think inside the Lavelli locker room. And I think it's really going to have a tough, tough – it's going to be tough for Doug Peterson, I think, to come back for this and really rally the troops because they have a huge offseason coming up. I mean, they have a quarterback on a huge million, $100 million contract. They have a rookie quarterback who played well at times. I don't know. You can give me your thoughts on Ertz. And then they have a bunch of aging veterans on defense. And they, they, they're really not in a good cap situation, obviously, with, with the whole Wentz thing and, you know, how that all plays out. And I know that before it came out that he's requesting a trade and he doesn't want to be there, which, again, if you're Carson Wentz, why would you want to be there um, really at this point? I mean, I, I don't see why the Eagles would want him there. So, again, I, I, to wrap it up, I don't, I, don't like, I don't like the complaints from the Giants fans. I really don't. I think if anybody has a complaint, it might be NBC, you know, because, again, it, it, was, it was a really shitty game and, and – Obviously, a shitty end of the season. I think the NBC and the NFL would, would would be upset. I don't see how you're upset from a Giants perspective. Again, you you were six and ten. Uh, one thing that you said uh, about the locker room, and the funny thing is, I'm usually like the biggest tank guy from like pretty much from I think the NFL specifically. Like I told you how I like I said I barely watched that Raider game. I thought it was a pretty irrelevant game. I was just hoping that uh, they get a better pick. I called or. The Niners a while back, I thought maybe they should probably throw in the towel, but they played pretty competitive football down the stretch. 
But um, yeah, just that that quote was pretty telling. Um, and definitely what you touched on, saying that maybe you start the second half. I think maybe it'd be a little different. Like the optics would look a little bit different. If wait, first of all, did you see like art? I'm pretty sure I saw articles leading up to this game talking about yeah. how they might throw in Sudfeld. Yeah. Like no, no, it I, was, I, I, was a total yeah. surprise, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. no. They, he said he was going to play Sudfeld. If you yeah. look back, I think like it was prior. On Thursday, yeah, Friday. it's not like it was a big surprise. Yeah, I was there was articles. To the pre-game, listening to the pregame, and, and and the reporter said, I don't know what's what's the Sunday report, whatever. Michelle Tafoya, she said yeah. that they were planning on playing uh, a Sudfeld. I just think it was bad timing. I think again they had mm-hmm. a plan. I think maybe, you know, I, I, again, it's hard for me to, again, to use the word taking NFL because, again, it's 53 men. It, it's, it's a 53-man roster. Like, it's hard for me to really say, you know, how, how could you really play that off? I mean, yeah. the only way you could, you know, really say it was if, you know, you, you DNP'd guys, which they did. I mean, Miles Sanders didn't play. Fletcher Cox didn't play. Um, I don't know. Uh, the other guy, Goddard, their, their best receiver, really yeah. didn't play. So I, I think there's there's – there's ways to work. I think, you know, not, not really trying to win the game, but again, to use the word tanking, like a lot of people use, I just, I just don't like that word tanking. I think tanking is a broader word and, and more of a, a season overlook than, than just one year um, to, to look at it. But yeah, like you said, I, I don't, I, I don't know how much of a difference it would have made if Sudwell, Sudfeld, sorry, Sudfeld, that's his name, right? Sudfeld. Yeah. Sudfeld. And yeah. anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. He ain't going to play another snap in the NFL, which again, let, let me just say, he was awful. I mean, How he bad was, was he? garbage. Oh, he, he might have been garbage. one of the worst quarterbacks I've seen the, in a while. The best. Like, the he best gives play, Danucci a run for his money. Yeah. The, the best play he made was I think they were backed up to their goal line and he threw that like 60 yard bomb. And for some reason, the Giant or the Redskins guy intercepted it and it was like a punt. I mean, that was the best play he made all night. So, but just, just to judge, I don't know how much of a difference it would have made as far as, you know, media coverage and, and the, the view of it. If he would have came in at halftime, but I just think it would have looked better, and I think it would have looked a lot better as far as you know a, a team perspective. Because, excuse me, because a team perspective, you can look at it as well. We played a good half with with Hurts, and we can get out of here. But if you take him out at the fourth quarter again, winning time. These are grown men. These guys want to win. It's again, it's a division rival. I, I really think these players wanted to go out with the win, and they wanted to finish the season strong. And yeah, you take they're, him they're out. Not right try, the they're not trying to send the Washington football team to the playoffs. Yeah. They don't want to be right the, the stepping right stone the start, for them to be. They the don't playoffs. want either guy. The thing is they don't want either team. I mean, they, they, they don't want either team. The Giants. Well, if they have something anyway. to do with it, they'd rather win a game, yeah. right? They, it's something yeah, that yeah. they can have a say in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Effect, but influence. I'm just saying more, more of you take him out at halftime, you get your team in the locker room. You yeah. say, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Agree. Guys have a little bit more time to calm down or, 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 or express their frustration, you know, because again, you take them out at the start of the quarter, all those guys are the sideline. And I saw that, you know, there was that clip of Jalen Hurts saying, this is I don't know I don't remember what he said. He said I think this, this sucks or this is crap or whatever. He didn't have a good reaction to it. Neither did the offensive lineman. So again, you do it at halftime. I think it's a little bit different. I I, I would assume it'd be a little bit easier to to kind of sell it at halftime. I don't know what, what do you think about the decision between the fourth quarter and halftime? And would you, you think it would have made a difference? I thought I touched on a little earlier. I think the optics were definitely it would have looked a lot better. I don't think it would have generated the reaction it did from Twitter or just. Um, just the aftermath of the game, or maybe even, I don't know if this was an option, but this option presented, just start him, just start the game, just kind of wave the white towel then if you were, or just wave the white flag if you were going to. See, that, that, I think, that, I think, that's a, that's a, hold on, let me stop you right there. Yeah. That's another thing I don't get. If they were really truly tanking, one of them, they would have started him in the start, mm-hmm. right? I, I think, I think it's, I think it's, it's dumb. The, the, the expo- explanation is a dumb explanation. They were saying they were trying to get a look at him. And I think it's an even dumber explanation saying that he earned, you know, Doug Peterson used that phrase as well, that, He'd been there for four or five years, and he earned a spot to play. And so, it's like you're going to play him what in the fourth quarter of a of a tight mm-hmm. game. So that, I thought that was dumb, but but I, I just I don't I don't like the word tanking. I don't like the 
the the thing about the Eagles, you know, really not. Again, you could say they weren't trying to win the game by taking them out, but as far as making it a bigger thing, like they never wanted to win the game, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah. It's more to me just the one decision they made. It's not so much a whole decision to lose the game. I think it's the one decision to take out the quarterback. Another thing, another thing yeah. that was interesting, and people brought this up, is: Do you think they make that move with fans in the stands? I don't. I don't think they do. I don't think I've even heard that question asked. That's a really good question. I, I mean, of all the fan bases in the NFL, that's. <laughs> I mean, snowballs of Santa Claus. No, yeah, I, I don't know. That's. Uh, and again, I, I, I didn't want to be too. I really didn't want to be too hard on the Giants because, you know, again, if it was my team, I was a Giants fan, I'd probably be just as upset. But again, you guys won six games. I think you started one and five. I, mm. I, I don't. I don't really see much, much to to gripe with if I'm the Giants. I, I don't know. What, what do you? What would you say from a Giants perspective? I would say, yeah, it definitely sucks. I mean, if it was your team, if it was my team, if you had to watch that, it would definitely suck. What do you think about the idea that I don't know who it was? Arvlovsky that threw that through through the idea that the Cowboys Giants game didn't matter, and that's what kind of makes it even more disrespectful if the Eagles. We're going to pull what they pulled in the fourth quarter. What do you think about well, that? I do you think, it, do you think that's like a, overreaction? Do you think that's like taken too far? Or Well, I don't think it matters if the Cowboys or the Giants would have won. I think the Eagles would have played it the way they played it. Um, as far as making that game not matter, I mean, every game matters in a sense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he, he, he has a point there, you know. But, but again, I just – it was never really even an idea or a narrative that you know, Philly could pull something off like this, which is funny because, you know, like you said, that Giants-Cowboys game really did matter. That was one of the games I highlighted on, on Sunday. I really wanted to watch. I watched most of, most of if not more, of that game. And, and, and um, But, again, even that game, the Giants didn't look too impressive in that game either. I, I mean, so eh, it's hard to say. Again, I just don't like the narrative that the Eagles tanked or, or, they, or they didn't want to win the game. I, I don't agree with that. I think they made a decision to switch quarterbacks. It was obviously a bad decision. The quarterback's obviously hot garbage, terrible. Um, but as far as the whole game, I, I just don't agree with it. I really don't agree with the narrative. That I don't agree with the narrative that they tried to throw the game, and I don't agree with the narrative that the Giants have any kind of gripe or anything like that. Um, as I indicated a little bit earlier in the podcast, like I said, I barely watched um, the last Raider game. And by that, I mean I only watched what was presented to me on Red Zone. I had no... I really had no interest in watching their final game. I, I, from all aspects, I think it was pretty irrelevant other than draft position. But, uh, I mean, we were totally going to scrap our little Raider segment that we do. I mean, it did get put in the, in the, in the second place of segments. But the only reason we are, we're going to be talking about their star running back, Josh Jacobs, getting arrested in Las Vegas at 4.42 a.m. for a DUI. Um, he was in a single vehicle crash near the Vegas airport, and apparently, by all accounts, he appeared to be impaired. Um, did you hear anything else about, like, what happened? Like, uh, just, the, like, the I didn't scenario? know. I was hoping you had some information. Yeah, no, so I it's I funny because, like, article, really. no, yeah, so um, just a little behind the scenes, take you behind the curtain. I literally just looked this up, like, five minutes ago before we started recording. I typed in Josh Jacobs um, DUI, and there was articles from ESPN – and I think like pro football talk and then TMZ, I'm like, okay, which one am I going to turn on? Or which one am I going to click on? I'm like, definitely TMZ because they all have all the juicy, juicy shit. And so I'm seeing an Instagram post that he posted before his DUI in Las Vegas. Um, it's like he's at this little, I mean, you can go, if whoever's listening, usually you can look at it after. 
he's doing karaoke or he's not doing karaoke he's with some friends doing karaoke like it looks like a little party it, it's like I, the, the first thing that i thought of was like what the hell was he doing at 4 42 a.m in las vegas and I, I understand that like you just got done with the season that's another thing that i think uh i was talking to my dad about is just these guys have to be so relieved that they don't have to do the COVID protocols, having the test, I think it's every day, every other day. It, they usually call it, then the NBA, they call it one, two, three, Cancun after the game. Yeah. Back your bags, going to Cancun. Yeah. No, a thousand percent. Definitely a Cancun game. Yeah, certainly. But uh, yeah, you can look it up or whoever listening can look it up, the TMZ article on Josh Jacobs. He's like, it's an Instagram story that I think he posted. I don't think he's in it. He might just be recording it, but people are just doing karaoke behind him. It, it looks- it's Vegas, man. It, it, makes, it makes sense as to why he got the DUI at 4.42 a.m. I, I don't think I really have any other thoughts. On it, it was a pretty disaster. Not disaster, but a disappointing Raider season. Uh, Josh Jacobs, one of the better. I think I don't know if you have, but a lot of people. And if anybody's listening right now, if they've heard the Josh Jacobs story, it's pretty inspiring. Mm-hmm. He used to like sleep in his car yeah. and stuff. And for Absolutely. this to happen is pretty, pretty, very disappointing. Um, there's nothing good about it. Surprising. Nothing good about it. Yeah, very surprising. He's supposed to be a, uh, a a really good character guy, a guy in the locker room that's supposed to be looked up to. And for this to happen, he's one of their young, promising stars. And for this to happen is. Uh, not good by all accounts. No, nothing good uh, is going to come out of this. Well, your thoughts? Of what? Uh, yeah, just yeah. Your do me do me a favor before as as I'm reading this. Do me a favor. Pull up his stats for the year. I just want to see his yeah. stats for the year. Maybe maybe his career. So I want to see his stats last year. I know he did great year last year. I think he went over a thousand issues. But just pull up his stats. But yeah, no, it's disappointing. Um, uh, we've all been to Vegas. We've all uh, we've all had our fun. We've all had our nights out there. Um, the one thing that you uh, the one rule in Vegas to me. Uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Obviously, this time it didn't. Um, a second rule I'd have is just don't be driving. I don't understand. You know, it never makes sense to me. You know, NFL players, NBA, any, any kind of athletes, any kind, anybody really um, that, that that's high up there. I mean, again, from from a person perspective, obviously, you know, you never want to be drinking and driving, uh, especially at the high levels. I'm sure he was um, to you know to get in an accident. But but even for these guys that that for superstars and for for athletes more, it's like don't have a driver. Just have somebody follow you. Have a friend. Have anybody. Uber, taxi, anything. I mean, he's walking. You know, he he's looking with his friends. They're going to get him a ride. They understand that. And you're right about Josh Jacobs. He's not one of those guys. I mean, if this would have happened to maybe Crosby or I don't mean to call people out, but Crosby or somebody else like that, or even Darren Waller, he would have maybe been a little bit less <laughs> uh, surprising. <laughs> but uh, for Josh Jacobs, yeah, because he had a great story. Obviously, you know, he he was poor growing up. He lived in the car with his dad and his siblings. Um, he's had a great story. He's had a great. Uh, he's actually had a great run with the Raiders. I think it's been a great draft pick. I think Mayock hit it right on the head. I know that was the Bears pick that they got the year the Bears won the division. I think it was later in the draft, right? 24, 26, I think yeah, maybe was, even. Yeah, around that. Um, so they hit it head on the – yeah, it's just disappointing. But, again, it's it's a simple mistake. I mean, I, just, I'm, I shouldn't say simple mistake. It's a mistake. I think Josh Jacobs is the type of guy that can, can respond to this and, and can kind of – I don't want to say make this a positive because, again, it's never positive um, to drink and drive. But I think he's a guy – that can really be an example uh, uh, for the Raiders and and kind of maybe maybe turn the image a little bit because he is one of those guys, like you said, that the Raiders really should be building around. I think, and like you said, he's a guy that's respected. He's a guy that plays hard. Every time he's running the ball, he seems like he's running hard. He seems like a really team guy. He doesn't say a lot. Um, so it, it is disappointing. It's definitely surprising. But, um, again, I, I think it's uh, – mistakes, mistakes are mistakes. And um, I think he can definitely respond to this and – and uh, be be obviously a better person for it. Not not to get too sentimental about it, but yeah. it definitely was surprising. No, definitely. And Josh Jacobs, like I said, a guy that's pretty promising. Supposed to be a cornerstone of what the Raiders are trying to do, especially on offense. And I mean, he's a guy that's been like always trying to play through injuries. Just 
the ultimate, uh, just the ultimate uh, teammate, ultimate guy you'd want to root for. Yeah, uh, you I know, you can look or, at it you, uh, before before you pull up the stats. Yeah, you can, yeah. you know, you look at it from from what you just said, a uh, 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 Eagles perspective, where we talked about how maybe they weren't trying to play or anything like that. All the Raider players were out there last week, uh, yesterday. I'm sorry, on mm-hmm. Sunday. Rugs, Aguilar, Waller, Carr. Jacob, Jacob scored the game-winning touchdown. Um, they obviously threw the two-point conversion to Waller at the end. I mean, the, the, all these guys were out there, and they were playing hard. And you could tell once once uh, Denver got down there, the game got tight, and, and these guys were playing. They were still playing hard. And you could tell after Max Crosby blocked that field goal at the end of the game that the Raiders' celebration was, was good. Gruden had a nice little fist pump. I mean, they, you could tell they wanted to win this game. And, you know, 7-9, and 6-10. and ten, you know, eight and eight, it, it didn't matter to them. And I, I, I like to see that. I like to see that from the Raiders. I thought it was a nice, again, disappointing season, but I thought it was a nice little end of the season for him. Yeah. So for the stats right here, last year he rushed for 1150. And then this year he, he, he ran for 10 or 1,065 yards. The average is a little different. Last year he averaged 4.8 yards per carry, 4.8. And then this year, 3.9. Yards per carry. I noticed a little yeah, bit of a the, uh, little bit of a dip, but a yeah, little bit certainly. of a dip. But that's solid. Second how many? Year, how many games? How many games? Uh, Thirteen last year. So he ran for more in less games than fifteen this year. Mm-hmm. Twelve 15 touchdowns, games, man. Fifteen games as a, as a running back in the NFL. That's impressive. Yeah, I liked I liked how they picked up Booker this year. I thought Booker was good. He was kind of a change of pace. He wasn't. He was a little bit more of a third down back. Jacobs didn't have to do a lot uh, as mm-hmm. far as out of the passing backfield, but uh, no, I, I I thought he was good. And again, like I said, he's a guy that the Raiders should definitely. Be, be building around so it's disappointing to see this but again mistakes mistakes are mistakes and i think he can definitely respond to this and again it's not his character like you just talked about or not again anything that we know about his character or, or the fans know or the public knows about his character so uh, you just hope he recovers and you hope he learns from it and uh hopefully nothing else comes that comes out of this all right so before we talk about the upcoming playoff wild card round we're just going to recap on week 17 hey hey hey, oh. hey hey super super wild card round Super, super. Before we get into the, the playoffs, I just want to say, yeah, I just want to say, how how awesome is it? Six games this week. How awesome is that? I mean, the four games has always been cool. It's always been nice to have that kind of first game uh, um, in the morning that nobody really pays attention. You probably watch the second half. It's normally, you know, the two worst teams. It's usually the Bengals when they have their the run Texans or the Texans or, or whatever. Uh-huh. You get the Saturday night game. Um, you wake up You wake up on Sunday. You get the 10 o'clock game. And then you get the 1 o'clock game on Sunday. And then that's it. Now we yeah. get games all day, man. It, it's awesome. 10-1. And uh, I believe five, right? 10, 10 one forty-five and five. So yeah, it's awesome. I, I can't really wait. And let, let's get into these playoff games, man. The super no, yeah, wild card I, round. No, just to go off, just to go off on that. I was going to say something, but um, yeah, I think that's been kind of underappreciated throughout the whole season. Like now, I don't think we're, it's going to hit a lot of people until you get to Saturday and Sunday. Maybe like in the middle of that one o'clock game. But this is this is fucking awesome. Like this, uh, awesome. This could ride. I think this because everybody says. What do they say? Everybody says that the opening weekend of March Madness is like the best yep. weekend in sports, but this mm-hmm. could definitely rival this. And then especially absolutely. with the national championship being on Monday, mm-hmm. that's, that's oh, going to be a great three days. It's going to be great three days, three, three on Saturday, three awesome playoff games, Sunday, three awesome playoff games. And then the national championship on Monday. Absolutely. Let's get into yeah, it, man. That's badass. Um, so let's talk about week 17. Just a couple of scores here. The bills obliterated to his dolphins by a score of 56 to 26. Uh, the Ravens not a good, not a good day for two a time. No, not at all. He, I, I'm looking at it right now. He threw 58 passes. Yeah, yeah, he was slinging it, man. He was slinging it, and and and, and again, just, just a recap on it, just real quick. It's tough, man. It, it, it's going to be tough. I know he's it only a rookie. I know, I know, I know. Like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, 
that he was injured coming into preseason, that they were taking in their time with him. They were being careful. Fitzpatrick was going to be the starter. But, man, it was tough. It was tough to watch. I like Tua. I'm, I'm a Tua fan. I hope he succeeds because I think he's a fun quarterback. Uh, you know, I'd love to see another – I'd love to see a lefty quarterback that can run and has a good arm. But he he didn't look good. He just made bad throws. I talked about – I talked about last week. I felt like Burrow and, and Herbert oppressed me this year with their pocket presence and their poise, and they didn't really look like rookie quarterbacks. Uh, I thought this year that he really looked like a rookie quarterback. Tua did at times. He had obviously nice moments where I thought they set up some nice things for him. Um, he won a couple games. He played well, but again, when it really came down to it and they needed him to win a game, man, he didn't look good. Next game but, here. But the, the, whole, the whole team, the whole Dolphins team didn't look good. That defense didn't play well at all. That was their cornerstone all year. They're not an offensive team, at, at least at this point, with their skill players. But uh, that whole team didn't look good. And for Buffalo, man, they, 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 they're they riding hot. I know we'll get into it, but they, they looked really good. Buffalo did. Um, next game here, the Ravens took care of the Bengals by a score of 38-3. to um, they were a winning in scenario. The Browns took care of the Steelers. They eked one out by a score of 24 to 22. Um, let me check out the other rel. Are those the only rel- I mean, the Colts beat the Jaguars 28 to 14. Yeah. That Texans, that Texans oh, Titans Tex- game was a lot closer. That was really good. Yeah. That came down um, to a, a double doink field goal. In oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, didn't, just, I know that, we're not going to talk. I know we're not going to talk about him real quick just for the on the, on the Texans. You got to give it up to Deshaun Watson, man. Led the league in passing. Uh, he had two different head coaches this year. Uh, Will Fuller was suspended. Uh, Cooks missed star some time. Receiver. Yeah, lost a star wide receiver in Hopkins. Um, David Johnson missed some time. But for that guy, he, he really puts his heart out there. And I love watching him. Uh, you know, they could be 0-16, and, and I'd probably still tune in the Texans team just for Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson. No, yeah, he plays his heart fun. out. I think he played all 16 games. He, he, he's, he's fun. And I really hope that they, they can really rally around him and, and get him some skill players. I know <laughs> the Dolphins had their first-round pick. Imagine if, the, imagine if the Texans were drafting at three. They could, you know, get Smith. a guy like Devontae Smith. They can maybe get that left tackle, uh, Sewell, and maybe put him on the other side uh, of Tunsil. Um, but again, you know, they 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 don't, and um, it, it's tough. Now the Dolphins have that third pick. Ironically, I know we just got into him, but big ups to Deshaun Watson, man. He, he was fun all year. Again, I, I watch football normally Sunday on the Red Zone and whatever the local game is, and, and he uh, he lit it up this year. He he was fun to definitely watch. All right, let me go through the NFC scores that are pretty relevant. The Giants defeated the Cowboys by a score of twenty three to nineteen. It's funny we were just talking about how. How high we were on the Cowboys in the last podcast, and then they—you called it. I mean, they you didn't. They it. let us every down. Time, yeah. yeah, you called it every time. You said we get high and up on the Cowboys, and they reel the fans back in. I know Jacob and Isaiah were really excited for the game. Yeah, do you have a Jacob um, and Isaiah update? Were they rooting for? They were, they were all out rooting for. They were, the def- win? they were all definitely back in. They were definitely They're all on. back in. Absolutely. They were no all matter what Jacob tells all week, you. All week. All yeah. All week. Uh, they were asking me what time I thought their game was going to be next weekend. I, I feel bad. <laughs> I, I, I'm a I'm a silent rooting Cowboys fan. I, I do for, for those guys, two of my best friends. But uh, they definitely screwed the pooch, and they they definitely have some things to address in the offseason. <laughs> Quickly, just on the Cowboys, Jerry Jones said today he kind of reversed off his stance early in the year. He said that Dak has all the leverage after six and ten. Your thoughts on that? He said that. Yeah, he did. What, what was his stance earlier? What, what did Remember he say earlier? Was, I didn't, I didn't get that his, point. His, his his stance was that he thought I'll get I'll pull up the quote right now. His stance earlier in the season was with, with all the issues they had that he felt like maybe they should that Dak should maybe take a take a pay cut and uh, really and kind of help him out a little bit. Uh, that again, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know the full quote. I'm trying to pull up the quote uh, from from the Cowboys. Um, but again, what, what are your what are your thoughts on that? As I pull up the quote, I would say that after what we just saw, and the Cowboys went through like a carousel of quarterbacks, and I think Dak 
Um, I know he doesn't hasn't hasn't necessarily played in, in like a lot of playoff games, but I think he's a really fine quarterback. I think he's a guy that you can't really he's not replacement level. I think he's definitely above replacement level. So like I would say it's not worth um, it's not worth uh, getting cute and trying to nickel and dime a position that you really, really need. And Dak, I think, is a guy that is really, really solid. Um, I think um, he doesn't need to be like a Patrick Mahomes type because he does have playmakers around him. Like uh, guys like Zeke Pollard can run the ball really well. And obviously mm-hmm. with Gallup, Cooper, and, and CD. Yeah. And then Schultz, Dalton Schultz is pretty soft for them too. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But I would say, yeah, they definitely need to make that. Prior- they're definitely their first, first priority, bringing back Dak. I- I'm I'm definitely high on Dak. Whoa, what about you? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely high on Dak. I think they definitely missed him this year. I thought their issues were, were were offensive and defensive line. I thought the defensive line couldn't get any pressure ever. Uh, I think the secondary isn't very good. I, I don't I don't like one player really in the secondary except their except their rookie safety digs. Um, I thought the linebackers took a step back. I thought Van Der Esch and, and Jalen Smith, who 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 were pretty promising coming in the year, didn't play very well. And then the offensive line was just hurt all year. You hit it on the head with all the skill guys they have, and and I think Dak pulls all the strings and is going to make it all work. I don't think you can go into next year with Andy Dalton as your quarterback. So I, I, I think you got to pay Dak. I, I know that that'll be a hard pill to swallow. Um, you may need to get rid of a couple guys that are on bigger salaries. Maybe maybe the left tackle, Tyron Smith, who was hurt this year. Maybe the right guard, Zach Martin. But um, I think you have to do everything to keep Zach, to keep Zach in there. This is what Jerry Jones said. I don't know how you could have any more leverage. Jones said on the 105.3 The Fan, it's, it's a, a weekly interview he does, his evolving into an NFL quarterback has been nothing short of a perfect picture. He has great ability, in my mind, to win games. He's talented. He certainly has the experiences and has all the things which has been uh, sustained by what we offer Dak. You wouldn't offer Dak uh, what we offered him in the past if you didn't think he was very special. So he's obviously taking back his stance a little bit yeah. that uh, Dak shouldn't really get paid. I think they need to pay Dak. I think they need to wrap him up and, and so they can move forward because I, I don't think you can go into the next year with this issue and, and with, um, with kind of the, the overriding question of uh, if Dak's going to be back or not. I'll tell you this. You, I mean, you know this. You, you if Dak goes on the open market, he, he's going to get big from somewhere. Somebody's going to jump in there. Oh yeah, and, and, and throw him big money. No, I can. When was the last time some guy like him went on the open market? I mean, I don't. I think he's better than Cousins. I don't think Cousins would. Like no, a guy no, kind of in his prime. I don't like a guy in his prime on the open market like that. I can't even. Remotely. Quarterback, you're talking about? Yeah. Man, I couldn't even think of one. He I mean, I guess even. yeah, like you said, the best one's Kirk Cousins. I mean. You could talk about Peyton Manning, but he was coming off that injury. So yeah, maybe Brady. I mean, but Brady. Yeah, I'm kind of throwing out the like guys yeah. on the last. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was find myself to... talking about the Cowboys. Good, good, good portion of the Cowboys. <laughs> you want to move on to the next game? Let's go. Uh, Buccaneers, yeah. Falcons. The Falcons got destroyed. Score forty-four to twenty-seven. Packers and the Bears. Do you have a Jake update? They lost by a score of thirty-five to sixteen. I know he was. He's doing okay. He's doing okay. We'll get playoff he... matchups. I was on Zoom with him. He was really. Very optimistic at halftime, but uh, yeah. But, but you have a Jake update? I thought they played well. I thought they played well. I think he thinks they played well as well. Um, obviously, they didn't win, but they got in, and uh, we'll get into their game against New Orleans. But um, I, uh, I don't know what more he could have really expected. So I think he um, think he's okay. <laughs> I think he's holding up. Yeah. What about uh, I got some for you here? The Rams defeated the Cardinals by a score of eighteen to seven. I had to watch this with my brother, who is uh, I don't even know if it, would you say diehard Cardinals fan? I don't know if it's a diehard. I don't know if the, I don't know how many diehard Cardinals fans there are no, in the world, no, no. especially in California. But uh, my diehard Cardinals, uh, Cardinals fan, Abram, 
Yeah, uh, Dirty Bird Gang, Bird Gang. But, uh, yeah, he was like – after the first half and going into the fourth quarter, he could barely walk because obviously Kyler didn't wasn't playing and they had uh, this Skriller guy I've never heard of in my life. And uh, I te- he wasn't even watching the game. I texted him, like, dude, they put Kyler back in. And he looked really, he looked pretty decent for. He was probably like at 60, yeah. 70 percent. It, it really felt, it really felt like a heroic moment when he was coming in. I think no, they were did. down, like you said, they were down 15, 7, and it really felt like, man, oh no, I think they were down 18, 7 at that point, whatever it was. He, he was coming in and, and he made a couple passes uh, to, to kind of get him down in the red zone. And then they had the field goal block, but it really did feel like when he was coming in, that could, it could be straight out of a movie. Um, no, I thought he showed yeah. toughness. I thought he was good this year. He was almost an MVP candidate early in the year, but. Um, mm. I think their problems are, are deeper, and I think they really need to look at what 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 their head coach is doing in Cliff Kingsbury. I, I think he's just inexperienced. I talked about it a, a couple of weeks ago that you know he 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 kind of lucked into getting the job, obviously with his with his history of the spread offense and his history of knowing Kyler Murray. Um, but but as far as uh, you know, leading an NFL team, I, I think it'll be remain to be seen. All right, so let's just—I mean, we could start off talking about uh, the Saturday games, the one o'clock or the ten o'clock game. Gonna be Colts Bills, the one o'clock game being. What time Rams, is that Seahawks. kickoff? Does it have a kickoff on there? Is it ten? Yeah. What are you looking for? I'm just talking about what time does that first game start? It starts. Yeah, at Colts 10? Bills, ten oh five. Nice. And then Ramsey Hawks, uh, one forty, and then Buccaneers Washington, eight fifteen. And then uh, I'll just list out the Sundays, and then I have a question for you: the Ravens Titans at ten o'clock, Bears Saints at one forty, Brown Steelers, uh, the last game of the weekend. I don't know if you have the schedule in front of you, but what did you think about the, about the placement the of, of the, the placement yeah. of the games? Yeah. What your thoughts? I thought, I thought for sure. I think the biggest omission, I think that Ravens Titans game is going to be the best game of the weekend. And I think that should have been an eight fifteen, whether it be on Saturday or Sunday. What are your thoughts on the overall weekend? Uh, ever since I've been, ever since I've been a Ravens fan in, in the Harbaugh era really is when it started. They've always played that early Sunday game every single time. Always. It was, it was that they played it. They played it. They always played the earlier game on Saturday. I know last year was Saturday night against the Titans. Um, that was obviously in the divisional round. But uh, even back to when, I mean, Ray Lewis was still playing, every single time they played that early 10 o'clock game. I mean, starting from when Joe Flacco's rookie year playing the Dolphins in, in the wild card era, that was 10 o'clock. I think the next year we traveled to Kansas City um, against Todd Haley and Matt Castle when they had that good year. Um, that was a 10 o'clock Sunday game. Um, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the other ones. But uh, when, we, when we went to New England, um, and that Ray Rice game when he broke the 90-yard touchdown on the first play, mm-hmm. um, that was a 10 o'clock Sunday game. So I was always expecting that Sunday night game – I'm sorry, Sunday morning game uh, to be the Ravens. The only thing I really thought maybe they should have done was was swap the Browns um, – swap the Browns-Steelers uh, with, um, with, uh, with, with Bears-Saints. Uh, I think that, I think that Bears-Saints game is interesting. I think you have Drew Brees, you have Kamara, you have kind of the show that, the, that we feel like – that the Saints offense can put on, but you also have talent on the Bears defense. I thought that could have been the Sunday night game. As far as the other games, I think Seahawks, Rams, those Titans, I think they're all in good spots. I think I, I think really the NFL did a good job on it. Because uh, and then obviously you, they everybody knew they were going to put Tom Brady um, on Sunday night. I mean on Saturday night. Sorry. Um, the only thing I think I might switch the Rams Seahawks with the Buccaneers game because I feel like that could be um, a little bit more compelling game from like a competitive standpoint. But when you lay it out with like Brady being the Sunday night five fifteen game. The NBC 515 game, it, I can, I don't have too many complaints, but I think the one thing I changed was the Ravens Titans game. So I think that's going to be a really good game. Now, do you, let's just start with the Saturday games: Colts, Bills, Rams, Seahawks, Buccaneers at the or Buccaneers 
hosting the Washington. Yeah, well, we could team. we could just take it we could just take it game by game. Let's like you said, start with the ten o'clock game. Um, I think it's an interesting game. Um, I I, I don't I I think I think the tie, I think the Colts are are, are playing well. I, I I think they're a good team. They have a good defense, obviously, but I, I just don't like the matchup. I I don't I don't like the way the second halfs have been going for the Colts. The last couple of weeks, obviously, they, they blew the lead to Pittsburgh. Um, that Jags game was way too close. I know the score maybe not reflect it, but that game was popping up on on our on the red zone the whole second half with uh, the Jags kind of driving. Obviously, the Jags shoot, shot themselves in the foot a couple times uh, with the injuries and stuff. Um, and then I just think the Bills are too hot. The Bills, I think it was the stat that the last team the, in the last team to end the season with I think it was five straight games by winning by more than ten points was the 2014 Seahawks. And that's great company to be in. That Seahawks team obviously won the Super Bowl. So I like the Bills. I think the spread is about six and a half. Um, I like the Bills to cover that spread. Um, I think the Colts can hang in early, but I think late on in the game, I, I just like Josh Allen too much, and I think the Colts covered the spread. Um, it, it's going to be – again, it's, it's a fun game to watch. I think the Colts have talent on their defense. It'll be interesting how they match up um, with the Bills, but I just think the Bills are playing too hot right now. And, and for the Bills, I think it's good – and again, you always kind of you, you can go back and forth, but I, I think if you're the Bills, I think you're happy that you don't get a buy really. I think you want to just keep rolling, you want to keep this momentum. Um, they played a great first half, and then they brought in their backups in the second half against Miami, and they just kept rolling. Matt Parkway, I think, threw three touchdowns or something like that. So they've just been rolling, and and again, a bye week might have slowed them down a little bit. They don't get a bye week, and they're rolling right into this Colts game. So I like the I like the Bills uh, by the spread to cover minus uh, six and a half. Yeah, I don't really have any other. Much to add to that, the Bills are just like a buzzsaw right now. They're just killing teams. Um, I saw a stat today that said in the last three games, they're averaging like 47 points. They might be just the hottest team in the league. I know they're – last year, they kind of prided themselves on their defense, and their defense is kind of, I guess people would say, taking a step back. But they're still really competitive. They have, like, ballers on their defense. And then Josh Allen is playing out of his mind right now, and he looks like the second coming. He just looks – Really good, really comfortable right now. Really good, right? Um, he looks really yeah. good, right? Every time he's rolling out, he looks like he's no, he, he looks, looks awesome. like that kind he's... of next generation of a quarterback. No, does he remind you of any quarterback? You know what? I haven't really taken the time to think about that, but the only thing it... that he kind of remi- the only one that he really reminds me of, and if you don't have a, a comparison, is Roethlisberger. But he can just move so much better than Roethlisberger. Yeah, I'd say more. The reason more he reminds agile, me of Roethlisberger. More agile. The only reason he reminds me of Roethlisberger just how tall he is and how he can just yeah. stand in the pocket and just sling it. And when he comes out of his arm, it's like. Where is that going? And it just lands right in the receiver's arms, you know, 40, 50 yards down the field. That That's the only thing that he really reminds me of. And how good is Stephon Diggs, man? What a pickup. Mm. <laughs> what a pickup. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, that was percent Cole Beasley, he's been a hell of a pickup for them. That mm-hmm. was kind of like an underrated thing, but he's been a badass for them. But, yeah, I like the Roethlisberger mm-hmm. comp a lot because, uh, I mean, Roethlisberger, even when he's young, I don't even think he was this agile. But yeah. Josh Allen, he, he, he's freaking incredible. Yeah. You think, um, they, you think they cover with the six and a half? Yeah, I don't. I don't like the Colts' chances to cover. Yeah. If I had so let's get a little bit. Let, let, let's get let's let's get a little bit of prediction. So you, you're taking the Bills, chalk. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the do you want to bring up the point spreads? Uh, do you have them? You can yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, I have them kind of in, in my head. Um, see. I'm familiar with them. No worries. Keep going. All right, so let's roll with this next game: Rams Seahawks. Um, I'm looking at it right now. The it looks like Jared Goff is going to be a game-time decision with his thumb injury, his throwing thumb. Jamal Adams is also going to be a game-time decision. Um, I guess your really? overall thoughts. Jamal Adams, huh? Yeah, Jamal also looks wow. like going to be a game-time decision. I would expect um, him to play. What do you think about uh, – uh, not so sure. What, what do you think about Wolford 
He looked pretty frisky, a little mobile, making plays when he had to. What do you think? Uh, I thought I thought he sure as hell looked better running than throwing. Yeah. Um, early in the game, I think his first pass was a pick. Um, the pick six. Got him rolling, was a pick six. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a pick six. Um, when when they got him rolling and, and they got um, him moving out of the pocket and he was able to move move with his legs a little bit. Um, I thought he got a little bit more comfortable. And towards the end of the game, again, he's not going to light it up. But with that Rams defense, if you just if you just don't shoot yourself in the foot, and other than that, um, inter pick six interception that his defense actually got back because they actually ended up getting a pick six. So two pick sixes in one game is is definitely interesting. Um, I, he he just has to be okay. And I think he is okay. The last couple of weeks with Goff, he was really shooting him in the foot. Bad interceptions, bad turnovers. He couldn't really move. Again, he's the complete opposite of Goff. Goff can't move out of that pocket. Goff is, is a guy, is a stationary guy. I know they try to roll him out every time, every, every now and then when they can, but um, Goff's a stationary guy. And I think, I think, what's his name? Woolridge? Wolf, Wolford. Wolford. I believe it's John Wolford. I think John he might Wolford. be one of those CFL, AFL. I think, AAF, Jake, I think Jake said AFL. XFL. He's one of those we'll have guys. i to get a check on that. But uh, again, I think if you're a Rams fan, you probably want Jared Goff back in there. But uh, if it has to go to Wolford, again, if you can play defense, again, Seattle didn't look great. Against the Niners, I know they ended up winning that game. But um, at the end of the day, I think it's a division game. I think it's going to be close. Um, whose quarterback can make a little bit, a couple more plays? And I think I would trust Russell Wilson. I don't like the minus four, though. I think that was what it was at for the Seahawks. Uh, minus four, four and a half around there. Uh, I don't like that point spread. Um, I think it could be a close game. You never know um, with division games, especially in the playoffs. We'll get that Rams defense. Um, one thing I did like was I think the over was set at 45. I like the under there in that game. I, I don't expect a lot of points. I think if Seattle wins, I think it's going to be a close uh, drag-out game. Um, again, Seattle hasn't been clicking on all cylinders lately, really. Um, I know they won the division with a couple losses for Arizona. And obviously the Rams losing to the Jets. Uh, and the, obviously the Seahawks beating the Rams helped them into the division. So I, I'm going to take the Seahawks, but I'm, I don't I don't feel good about the minus four. I really don't. Yeah, if I, if I had to lean one way, if I had to lean one way, I'd probably lean the Rams because their defense and how, how really good they've been. I know Russell To Wilson. win? No, to cover. I like the oh, I like to the cover. To cover. Yeah, I, I like the four and a half a lot. Um, I I think I might be a little bit more well, high on Wolford. Well, let me let me ask you this. Yeah. Okay, that, that that's what I was getting to. What what is what is the difference as far as for you, the difference between Wolford and Goff as far as in the game? I'm not talking about mm. style of the quarterback bubble. I'm just talking about your thoughts if Goff plays and if Wolford plays. I don't does think it change? how much does I don't it think change? I don't think it's as much of a drop off as it should be as a guy that's been in McVeigh's. Uh, offense for the last couple of years. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl together, but I really don't think it's. I mean, golf. Just what we've seen recently, it's uh, it's n- not very encouraging. Um, another, another week of practice. I, I don't want to hype up Wolford too much. I, I really like uh, the way I'm going. The way why I would lean the four taking the points with the four and a half is because of their defense. I really like the way their defense. What's interesting is, do do you see that line going to three? With with golfing, or do you just say it kind of sticking there? I know it's kind of a tough question to ask, but again, it, it's uh, kind of like that what I just asked you. You you personally, you said it's really not going to matter between Wolford and Golf. So we'll see what kind of Vegas. How Vegas? I probably say half. I probably move, move like a half a point to like three four, and a half, maybe, maybe three like and a half. That. Yeah, something like that. You, but, your thoughts on the under? I like the under too. I think it's going to be a really ugly game. As much as uh, you have Russell Wilson going against a really good, uh, really good Rams defense that's playing real well right now. And then you have uh, Jared or Jared Goff or Walford going against a Seattle defense that is pretty atrocious by most accounts. They have a couple, couple playmakers, but as a unit, they're not really well put together. Um, they give, they've given up historical amount of points. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think I really like the under. I think it's going to be uh, a muddy game, a nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. 
kind of scratching and clawing type of game. It's interesting with, with the see with with Russell Wilson because early in the season, the first five weeks, he was the MVP. Um, yeah. With their offense sort of slowing down and, and kind of taking a little bit of a dive, their defense is actually playing a little, a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. They they forced some turnovers in the Rams game. Um, obviously, they, they they didn't give up too many points against the, uh, the Niners. I know they lost that game to the Giants, but their defense didn't give up a lot of points that day. So uh, we'll see. Again, it, it's going to come down. I think if the if the Rams quarterback can make some plays, and obviously what 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 kind of what kind of mood uh, Russell Wilson's in? Russell Wilson's moving around and and grooving like he can. Um, I, I think I think the Rams, Seattle can definitely win the game. They're the better team at this point, I think. Um, but but again, we'll see. Like you said, I, I like the Rams and the points at, at this point right now. I think it's just a cool division game. It's going to be too close to call. Um, all right. Do you want to let's go to? Well, the, you t- oh, hold on. You yeah. took the Bills. You you agreed with me on the Bills six and a half. I'm yeah. taking the Rams plus four. Your thoughts? Yeah, I like the Rams too. Okay, so we're both on the Rams plus yeah. four. Okay. Um, yeah, let's Saturday go on night. These, yeah, Saturday night game, the last game of Saturday. The Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be hosting a playoff game. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The Washington football team is hosting. I don't know why I got that mixed up. The Washington football team, I think I said that earlier. Um, scratch that what I said. The Washington football team will be hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, your thoughts on this game? Brady's playing really well right now. Um, it's a stat that I saw earlier, last three games. 12 touchdowns and zero interceptions, and their offense is averaging 37 points per game. Um, your thoughts on this game? What is well, it? What, what's the spread? Six and a half, seven? Eight. It's eight up to eight. Okay. Yep. Your thoughts? Up to eight. Um, I think this is the best game we were going to get out of out of the NFC East. I know, I think it was two weeks ago, last week, the Bucks kind of clinched the number five seed, and everybody kind of knew. Again, everybody's kind of uh, uh, um, dream was was – uh, Tom Brady in Dallas um, playing the Cowboys mm-hmm. again. Here I am bringing up the Cowboys again. Um, but again, I, I think this Washington team is the best equipped to kind of hang in with, with the Reds, with the, with the, um, let's see, Redskins. Oh my God. With the, with the Bucks um, because of their defense, because of their pass rush. Um, Chase Young's incredible, man. Watching him on Sunday night, he made a lot of plays. Um, I think he's already really become the leader of that Redskins team. Interesting enough. I just, I just think Tampa Bay is playing too, playing too well right now. Um, I watched that game again. That game was popping up all over the red zone um, with Antonio Brown catching passes, um, with Godwin catching touchdown passes. The Mike Evans injury worries me a little bit because I think he's really that big target with Evans and and um, and and uh, Antonio Brown not being the biggest guys. Um, but I, I I think I'll, I'll take the Bucks minus eight. I just think Brady's rolling right now. Brady in the playoffs. Um, I know he had that stinker last year against Tennessee in the first round, but uh, but I like the I like the Bucks minus eight. I do. But I will say this. If it's close late, I think Washington's got a real shot because of their defense and because their defense can make some plays. I think we'll know pretty early if it's going to be a game or not. If Brady comes out like he did against Atlanta, like he did against the Lions, um, I think it could be a long day for the Washington because I think if you get to that 20-point mark, if you're the Bucks, I don't see Washington scoring over that unless their defense um, can kind of create a turnover or something. So mm-hmm. I, I would lean toward Tom Brady and the Bucks. But, again, who knows? Because we've seen the Bucks have these stinker games. They had mm-hmm. one against the Bears. They had one against the Lions. Um, when when good defense has kind of gotten Brady's face, um, but we'll see. But again, right now I just think the Bucks are too hot. And if the if you're the Redskins, you've already squeezed I think enough out of this season. Uh, I just don't see them having one more real run in them. Um, I think it was incredible to win the division if you're the Redskins. Um, nobody really picked them with the Alex Smith stories special, but um, I just don't I just don't see the, the the Washington hanging around too long with the Bucks. But again, early in the game I think we'll be able to tell if the if the Redskins pass rush. 
is getting to Brady and really getting his face. I, I think it really could be a long day for Brady, and it could be close at the end. Um, you kind of touched on it earlier, but uh, I really wasn't encouraged by what I saw from the Washington football team on Sunday night. Um, I wasn't really impressed with what Alex Smith did. Um, was this McLaurin's yeah. first game back? Because I, I really like yeah, what I was. saw from him. Yeah, he looked really good. I really like. I really like. I really like McLaurin. You, you just touched on it. You didn't. Hold on. Let me, you just touched on it yeah. with, with with the Redskins not looking well. That's why I think all the Giants fans were up in arms about the Eagles kind of taking out Hurts. Is I think so, everybody really thought it was so the, Redskins, like, uh, the, the 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 Eagles had that game. Mm-hmm. Which again, for the Redskins, I'm sorry, I keep calling the Redskins <laughs> to be politically correct. The Washington Football Team. I'm sorry. Um, it, it wasn't it wasn't a great performance, and that's I think why the Giants are kind of so up in arms. I think the way I've described the Buccaneers all season is that they're consistently inconsistent because they'll have like stinkers and I think point spread wise I'd feel comfortable taking the eight with the Redskins because like you said I can kind of see in my head just if this was going to be like you said you'll probably see within the first quarter or not what kind of game this is going to be because if the Redskins are watching football team is able to make Brady uncomfortable because I mean that's always been Brady's downfall like you'll notice within the first quarter or not whether or not um, there's going to be interior pressure or just pressure off the outside and that's what kind of throws him off and then obviously that throws him off the rest of his game the more i think because about the, it the, the game the game's gonna go one or two ways not to yeah. the game's gonna go one or two ways it's yeah. gonna go like i said where they're getting pressure on brady where they're in his face and the bucks offense is, is inconsistent and slow or it's gonna be i think a route so that, mm-hmm. i think i think the game's gonna go one, one right. or two ways mm-hmm. so uh quick quick question for you i know i think both of us are high on the buccaneers being a wild card team just the more – I know they've been really hot lately, but I can already kind of picture how the Buccaneers going out. Like, just Brady struggling to throw the ball. Like, just not even now. Maybe this round, next round, uh, just Brady struggling to throw the ball, struggling to throw the deep, struggling to throw the deep ball, uh, the young secondary kind of letting them down or just pressure getting mm-hmm. to Tom Brady and making him uncomfortable. Um, are you still high on them? I mean, they, they've been playing lights out, but – I am. You know, the, the, it's funny. They, they kind of remind me of the way the Ravens were playing lately. You know, the, this point differential is, is getting up there and, you know, everybody's kind of talking about it, but they haven't really played anybody. And when they have played those good teams, other than really the Green Bay game, um, they've kind of come up short. I mean, they played, I think, five playoff teams, um, and I think they're one and four. I know they lost to the Rams. I know they lost to the Bears and they lost to the Saints twice. I think the only win may be against the Packers. Um, so, but again, I, I am high. I, I just trust Tom Brady. And I know that's crazy to say because, he hasn't had great playoff success. Obviously, last year, he didn't have great playoff success. Um, the year before, he, he did, actually. Um, I, I should say he, he didn't have the last playoff success in his last game. But uh, mm-hmm. I just like their talent. I know if Mike Evans is injured, it might change my mind a little bit. They haven't really said anything about that. But, you know, the guy, you, you got to give uh, Brady credit. I mean, he wanted Antonio Brown. He called for Antonio Brown. Um, he kind of vouched for Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's playing well. Um, he, he's kind of found his niche in there in the slot. Um, I know he caught a, a nice – crossing touchdown um, in the end zone this week. Um, if, if they're all hitting on – if they're hitting on all cylinders, I think they can beat anybody. But, again, mm-hmm. like you said, they could have that game where – because we've seen it. We've seen it against the Bears. We saw it against the Rams. We saw it against the Saints twice where Brady's getting pressured. Um, Brady obviously is really in a, it, uh, not a mobile target at this point. Um, if he can't hit the deep ball, uh, it could be a long day for, for, for Brady and the Bucks. But, again, I, I, I still like them. I'm still pretty high on them because of the talent and because of – you know, the best version – I talked about this a couple weeks ago. The best version uh, of the Bucks is a really good one. And I, I think they can really go anywhere and beat anybody. I really do. One one side note on this. No Devin White this week. Devin White's been ruled out. Oh, is that, that COVID, right? Kid. Is that COVID related? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Is he the exactly only one? Is there any other, like, significant players? 
not not on the Bucks. I don't think. No, I know going into the Sunday games we have a couple, but uh, not for the Bucks. So uh, just to wrap up, I'm t- I will take the Bucks minus eight. I think the game goes the way I kind of talked about it. Um, I think the Bucks do open it up a little bit and get a little explosive. And like I said, once you reach that twenty point mark um, against the Redskins, uh, I I don't I just don't feel comfortable with them yeah. scoring over twenty. And I, I just don't see them again. They have a good defense. Chase Young's great. That defensive line is really good. I don't know didn't necessarily so much trust the secondary. And the one thing I will say is if Washington's if Washington's offense isn't moving the ball and can't really run the ball and control the clock, they're just going to keep giving the ball back to Tom Brady. And uh, that's not something I'd want to do. So I'm going to go Bucks minus eight. Yeah, you can uh, go ahead and mark me down for the football team in the eight. I, I, I really like their defense. The eight okay, our, a lot first, of our first disagreement. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, would you, would you, I, I just so think the Buccaneers you, are, are just so yeah. inconsistent. Yeah. Would you would you look at something maybe to parlay that with the under? The under, I believe. Yeah, like how much over? I believe it's forty eight. I'll have to double check that, but I think it was about forty seven, forty eight. That's a lot for the Washington football team. I feel. Mm -hmm. I definitely take the under there. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. That's kind of what I was thinking. If you're gonna take, if you're gonna take Washington plus eight, you have to take the under. They're not gonna they're not gonna be in a twenty eight twenty game with the Mm -hmm. Bucks, right? I mean, no, thousand percent. I don't, 17, I, don't, I don't see that. You see a 17-14 game. You see, yeah. you know, maybe a 10-3 game, and then maybe the Bucks pulling out, pulling away later with a late touchdown or a field goal. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you don't see again a shootout. There's no way you see no, a shootout. I think that, so I if think you like, a... if you like Washington plus eight, I think you have to parlay that with the under. I think it's it's a no brainer. No, I'd like that certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, do you want to go? Let's go to yeah. That's right. So up just just to, just to finish up on Saturday, we we, we both agree on the Bills. Minus six and a half. I think we both think they're playing well. Um, if they continue to kind of move the way they've been moving and play the way they've been playing, I, I think it's an easy six and a half. Um, we both like the division game and the Rams keeping it close at plus four. Yeah. Uh, no matter the quarterback, right? I don't think the quarterback matters to you, right? No, not at all. Not that no, big. Sure, it doesn't off. matter to me. And then we disagree a little bit with. Uh, I, I think the Bucks uh, win, win a win a game pulling away minus eight, and you like Washington football team and the points plus eight. So. Yeah, I like that. I think that's probably going to go up a little bit more too. Honestly, what, leading, leading yeah, up. Which, to, which game? Can you rank the games on Saturday? What, what, where you're at as far as excitement? I, like mean, I think they're watch? all. I think they're all really games. Yeah, like entertainment value. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say you know what I might. We might just be getting John Wofford, but I think the Rams Seahawks <laughs> would be one for me. Um, <laughs> Tampa Bay, uh, Brady's first playoff game with the Buccaneers, probably put two. And this Colts Bills game, I'd probably throw in at three. That's funny. Oh, yeah. I had it. I had it. Bucks. Uh, I had it. Bucks. Washington one. Uh, Bills. You're really high football. Yeah, I love. Bucks, I love yeah. this game. I do because again, I love I this game. One or two ways. I think it's a lot of points, and I think because again, let's be honest. If uh, if Brady comes out well and, and they play well, and you know Antonio Brown catches a touchdown, Godwin. I mean the Brady stock. The Brady is just it's just going to go skyrocket. You know everybody's going to be looking at, at Tampa Bay Super Bowl odds. But again, if this game is close and Washington can get up in their faces, I think it'll be an entertaining game. Because we'll see Brady struggle, and we'll see if he can really uh, um, play well and, and kind of. Because again, every time that they've kind of been punched in the mouth, um, they've kind of folded, and that's been a big thing on Bruce Arians. It's been a big thing on Brady. So we'll see. So that's my number one game to watch. Um, I, listen, I think it's a pick up between Rams and, and Bills. I think both Seahawks, Bills, Colts, Ram, uh, I'm sorry, Bills, Colts, Seahawks, Rams. I think both games are entertaining. I really don't have a two-three, but the game I'm definitely more excited to watch is the Saturday night game. All right, so that's going to wrap up Saturday. Let's get into the Sunday games. The first game on Sunday, the 10:05 kick, we have the Titans hosting the Ravens. Uh, by all accounts, um, I mean, the storylines kind of write themselves with the revenge game. 
the tight. I mean, the roles are reversed. The Titans are hosting the Ravens. Um, I mean, your thoughts on this game? I'm sure you're gonna give me a good uh, give me a good rant on this game. What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, this is the game I wanted. I said it last week. Um, th- this is the game I want. You know, I've been a Ravens fan for a while. I mean, not like you know crazy lifetime thing, but um, I've seen them win big games. I've seen them lose big games. Um, I, 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 I've seen him win a Super Bowl. I don't like to take it to, uh, to heart really anymore, but, um, and I don't like to take it personal because again, I don't want it to affect my mood or anything. Like I said, I've seen him win big games. I've seen him lose big games. I've seen him win a Super Bowl. Um, but this is a game that I really want. Um, this is a game that could really affect my mood. I, I want this game so bad, um, for, for the Ravens and, and for the Ravens fans and everything, because this Tennessee team has haunted us. They really have, um, last year in the playoffs, I, I dismissed Tennessee. I think I tweeted when when they said New England. I said, "Thank God, this is this is what we wanted." Um, the Ravens were riding high. They were, I think, on like a ten game winning streak going to the playoffs. They did have the bye week. I didn't, I didn't feel great about. But again, I, I definitely underestimated this Tennessee team, and they came in and they walloped us and they kicked our ass. Um, they got to Lamar early. They picked him off early. Um, I think Derrick Henry had a big touchdown run early, and then after that, they just kind of they, they just kind of sealed it up and and held on. And again, I called it last year. I thought it was a Ravens performance what they did. They came in. Uh, to a higher seed, uh, to, to a higher seeds building, and they punched us in the mouth. They ran the ball hard and they played good defense. Um, obviously, the earlier game this year, the Raven, the Titans felt like they had our number, and they came out pregame. And Malcolm Butler was dancing on our field, and um, you know they really set the tone that game. And and I thought again that was another game where I really wanted to win. I really wanted revenge on the Titans. Um, and then obviously the game didn't go our way this year. We had too many mistakes. Um, the game ended up going into overtime, missed tackles. We, re- we tackled so poorly that game. I know with Derrick Henry, with A.J. Brown, these are two big physical guys. Uh, we'll definitely have to do a better job tackling. Um, but as far as I look in the game, as I look to the game Sunday, it, it reminds me of like a division game with the Steelers or, or with the Bengals when they were good. It's going to be close. I, I don't see either team really pulling away. Um, I, I don't think the Titans are too explosive on offense. They're going to run the ball. They're going to do play action. They're going to try to get the ball to Henry and obviously A.J. Brown. Um and then the Ravens, same thing. You know, the Ravens have been rushing, running the crap out of the ball. Um, I like the way the offensive line's playing. The defense, again, is playing well, but they haven't really gone up against a good offense um, it, it, lately. Um, I, I, I'm, ta- I'm going I'm to take the Ravens minus three. I think this is a game we can win. Um, I think it's a game we need to win. If we don't win this game, you look at Lamar 0-3 in the playoffs. You look at Tennessee beating us three in a row. That's tough. But uh, I'm confident going into this game. I really am. I, I really hope it's a really – inspired performance by the Ravens because they need it. Tennessee's a tough team. Tennessee's not going to back down to anybody. Um, you talked about it. You said it was your most exciting game. I'm really excited for it. Um, I, I think we need to run the ball, but I think we also need to get our play action going, get Hollywood Brown going, get Mark Andrews going um, because Tennessee's defense isn't the best. You know, that that's one edge I think we do have. I think we can pass on Tennessee's defense. You know, they, they've given up big points. They gave up big points to Cleveland. Uh, Deshaun Watson just threw all of them. Obviously, Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than Lamar, but I think we could take kind of what Cleveland did as far as, you know, with the play action and run the ball first, set up the uh, play action second on the Tennessee defense and, and, and kind of attack it that way. But it's going to come down to, it's going to come down to who's going to have the ball last, who's going to make the plays on, is, you know, can, whose defense can make the plays, whose defense can make the stops. Um, obviously our number one thing is stopping Derrick Henry. And uh, we need to do that on their end. Obviously their biggest thing is keeping Lamar contained. So uh, I would look at it, but I like the Ravens minus three. I think it could be an inspired performance by them. Um, I don't like betting on my team, but I, I think definitely, this week, I feel pretty good going into going into Tennessee. I, I wanted to throw a couple of stats at you. The Ravens defense playing really well. Last three games, they've only given up 10 points per game. The Ravens finished with the, I think, the biggest point differential in the league. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they They're did. Plus, they, they had those... plus 
I'm gonna say they're plus 165, 39 more points <laughs> than any team. They the uh, they had those games against the Bengals, the Giants, uh, the Cowboys uh, towards the end of the year that uh, that really kind of propelled them. So. Oh uh, yeah, just just my thoughts. Like I said, this is probably. I mean, when, as soon as I saw the schedule was uh, the wild card one, the wild card weekend schedule was put together. This is probably the game I definitely circle. I think it's gonna be a really good game. As I touched on there, the narratives kind of, or not the narratives, the storylines kind of write themselves. Uh, Lamar Jackson gonna try and do right by himself in the playoffs, and then obviously you have the Titans. I think they're playing really well. You have the rushing king and Derrick Henry. I really like their offense with A.J. Brown, Davis, Janu. Uh, the Ravens are playing really well. The Titans, I think the Titans are a really, really good team offensively. Their defense can be pretty suspect. Point spread-wise, I probably – I mean, I liked it more at three and a half uh, with the home dog. I, I was surprised. Do you think this line's right? I think it should be – personally, I think whatever way you want to go, I think it should be less than a field because I think a field goal either way is just too much. I thought it would be – I honestly thought it was going to be like Titans minus – Two or one or something like that. If there was ever if there was ever a pick'em, I think this would be it, right? In the playoffs. I know they would never do that as far as money wise. They don't want, mm -hmm. you know, straight bets coming in. Um uh, but yeah, I, I mean I was shocked when I saw Titans minus uh, three. I'm Ravens, sorry, Ravens minus three. Minus, three. It was on four, the road, it like four and a half. But, but again, again, you look at that point differential, you look at the way the Ravens have been playing. Mm. Um I think they want to really bump up that money on the Ravens. Uh Ravens are usually a hot team that people bet on in the playoffs. Um, one stat I will give you is I think Harbaugh's undefeated in the wild card round. So that, that that's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. So that, that, that's pretty impressive for me. Um, he's got wins, like I said, in Kansas city. Uh, he won in Miami. He's actually won in new England. He's won in Pittsburgh in the wild card round. So pretty impressive. His, his divisional record isn't as good, but uh, I believe he's undefeated in the, in the wild card round. Um, I know Joe I, Flacco I know had some that. big wins in the wild card. Uh, actually, you know, I'm sorry. He's not, he actually lost his last one to the chargers. My bad, but uh, he does have some wins. I think he's five mm. and one in, in the, in the wild card round. Obviously they lost mm. that last game. Um, I should have said Joe Flacco's undefeated in the uh, wild card round. Shout out to Mr. Flacco uh, sitting on the bench uh, for the Jets this year. Pretty sad. But uh, what, what, so you, you just talked about the money. What what uh, what are you looking at as far as the score? As far as over under, I think the over under was high. I'd say the over under was the over under was high at fifty five. That, fifty five. Oh, that means Derek Henry's gonna be running all over the place. That means Lamar Jackson. That's what they're expecting. Gus Edwards gonna be running all over the place. That's crazy. And that's the Ravens playing really well too. That's yeah, a big that, point. Again, I thought this would be. It's Raven. It's Ravens minus three, and then the over under at fifty five. Holy shit! That, that's the fifty five total. Definitely kind of threw me off guard. I think definitely. I would. I would be surprised. I would also be pretty surprised if this wasn't like the most close game of the weekend. So points better wise, I'd probably take the points with the Titans being the home dog and everything. Because I think this could be one of those weird games where maybe there's a miss PAT, and then there's a or maybe like a two point conversion. But I feel more comfortable. I know you said it was three. I feel more comfortable with the three and a half. It's crazy at open four and a half. I still can't believe that. But I'd probably take Titans with the three because I think this would be a really close game. I think I'd be surprised if this is a blowout either way. I think this would be a really wouldn't be close wouldn't be surprised game. Wouldn't be surprised if we get a push. Like just the Tucker Field would win it. No, a thousand percent. Yeah. Push. No, yeah, a thousand percent. Would well, yeah. I think by all accounts, I think this is definitely going to be. I think if I had to put my money on the closest competitive. Um, closest slash competitive game, where the way you want to look at. Yeah, it's a, but, like uh, I said, it's a big game. It's it's a big revenge game. It's a huge game. I think, if you're, I think if you're the Ravens, this is the game you wanted. I mean, maybe a Pittsburgh game because they beat us twice this year, but you know we can deal with that next week mm -hmm. <laughs> if we can get there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm definitely excited. and I'm really really happy that we got this game. And again, like I said, I, I don't I don't get up for a lot of Ravens games anymore because I think I've had that time. And uh, 
I know my little brother's going through it right now with the Bears. You know, living and dying on every living game. Living and dying by to, game by yeah, game. I, tr- I try not to do that anymore. It's funny because his love for Mitch Trubisky, and we'll get into that game next, but it reminds me so much of my love for Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I was able to see Flacco win the Super Bowl, but but no, like I said, I want this game really bad. And, and I think the Ravens should want it too. Again, Tennessee, Ravens are a big pride team. You know, defense, Ray Lewis, John Harbaugh, these guys are prideful guys. Um, going all the way back, like I said, to the Ray Lewis era. Um, and I'm really hoping they take they take uh, the bull by the horns this week and they, and they dish out some revenge. Right, let's go to the Bears and the Saints game. What's the line in this game? Because I you said it was eight. Ten. 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 It's up to, oh, Jake Texas. It's yeah, ten. it was. It's up to ten. It's up to ten. I think they announced so, today that they announced today that Michael Thomas is playing, and then Kamara looks. It looks good. Like he's he's on play. schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Saints are going to be hosting the Bears. They're ten point favorites. The Bears kind of backing into the playoffs after that loss uh, to the Packers. Your thoughts on this game? I think this is the best case scenario that the Bears could have got. Um, I think they win that game um, in in Green Bay. They obviously go to Green Bay and to beat Aaron Rodgers two weeks in a row that'd be tough. Um, you look at if they would have went to Seattle. I don't like them traveling um, across the country like that, um, kind of playing out of their elements. I, I think traveling to New Orleans, I think this is the best case scenario for the Bears. I'm high on this Bears team, at least at least this week in New Orleans. Listen, I, the New Orleans has not performed the way they – in the postseason like they have in the regular season in a while, really. I, I mean, I know they made the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago against the Rams, but they got shut down that game. Um, the year after that, I think it was the Diggs – maybe the year before it was the Diggs game where they couldn't pull that game out in Minnesota. Uh, in Minnesota. And then last year, obviously, losing to Minnesota uh, at home. So I- I'm high on this Bears team. I think I- – I-, I love the 10 points. I-, I-, I think that's way too high. I think they're disrespecting this Bears defense. The offense is what is what it is. I think it's going to live and die by Mitch Trubisky. I think Trubisky can make just enough throws to keep it close. Um, I think early the Saints, obviously, are going to have a great game plan coming out. I think they're going to have a great script is what they call it. You know, the first 20 plays yeah. uh, scripted. I think the Saints could get up maybe by 10 points, 7 points. Um, but I think once Trubisky settles in, I think he can make enough plays to keep this game close. And if it's close, I, I, I like this Bears team to pull it out with their defense. And, again, if it's close late in the fourth quarter, I think people, I think we've seen this year that if, if you get in the breeze face uh, and you make it tough on him, you know, hey, I, I, I like the Bears. I, I do. I like the Bears, uh, the plus 10. Um, again, I, I don't – I don't want to put too much on Trubisky, but I think he's going to have to have a really good game because obviously, you know, he, he struggled at times this year and, you know, he, he he's not, uh, you know, he's not an exclusive, explosive, credible quarterback, but I think he can make enough plays with his legs, um, with his arm. Um, and then you just put it on the defense. That defense is getting healthy. Um, you know, it's tough uh, when you're playing Aaron Rodgers uh, twice a year and then, you know, the, 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 the games that Rodgers put on him. But I was impressed with that Bears performance last week. I thought they kept it close. I know late in the game, Rodgers pulled away with a couple touchdowns. But, again, I just didn't see enough from the offense for the Bears to uh, ever pull that game out. I never really thought they, they were going to pull that game out against uh, the Packers. But I think the Saints is a whole different idea. I think they should be confident the way they played against the Bears. I'm sorry, the way they played against the Packers. And uh, I would take the Bears plus 10. And, you know, I may be even thinking about the money line. I, I'm, I'm really high on this Bears team. And I think it's not so much that I'm high on the Bears team. I, I just don't see a lot coming out of New Orleans. I know, again, they've had good games this year. They beat Tampa Bay twice. Um, I believe they already beat Chicago in Chicago. That was a close game, though. That, that game should have went into overtime. I think it did. I think it did go into overtime. I think the Saints did win in overtime. Um, I think the Bears should have confidence in that. I think the Bears should have confidence with the way they played last week against Green Bay, the number one seed. Um, I, I would definitely look at taking the Bears plus 10, and I'm even thinking the money line. No, I love it. I love it. I was looking at my, uh, my app earlier. I saw the Bears were like plus 403 on the money line. 
that's pretty hefty for an NFL. Hey, I would call that. Here. I would call that. I would call that sprinkleable. Just, just sprinkle yeah, something yeah. on it. Why not? Yeah, a little, a little something, something. You'll hate yourself if you something. don't. Do you have a absolutely? Do you have a Jake update? Do you have any like message from Jake? It's kind of what we just talked about. I, I what I what I kind of laid out. It was the best case scenario. Again, I, I didn't like if they would have to go to Seattle. Um, I didn't like if they would have to go to Green Bay. So I think out of the division winners, I mean, obviously they would have rather went to Washington, but that wasn't going to happen. Um, I, I think this is. I think this is. If you're an NFC wildcard team, this is the team you wanted to play um, in, in the Saints. Again, they have Kamara coming back. He hasn't played in a week. We'll see how he does. Michael Thomas hasn't played in a while, and then you just never know with Drew Brees. Drew Brees is getting up there in age. Um, he's put in some playoff sneakers. Last year, he wasn't good against the Vikings. Um, he wasn't good in that NFC Championship game against the Rams. Um, I know he put up some points uh, that year in Minnesota, but again, he didn't close out the deal that game either uh, in the Diggs miracle. So uh, for me, I'm gonna. Breeze got to show me. These same teams got to show me that they can be dominant in a playoff game. Because, again, if you put the line at 10, you're expecting a dominant performance from the home team. And uh, I just don't see it that way. I think the Bears' defense is too good. I think, again, Trubisky's going to have to make plays, and that's tough to bet on Mitch Trubisky to make plays. But I think he will. I think he understands the moment. And this Bears team's going in there with nothing to lose, if you ask me. I think Nagy feels like he's safe. The whole Trubisky thing, you know, who knows? You know, maybe he's one or two performances away excuse me, from getting another shot next year. But uh, I, I just I just like the optics of it. I like the Bears' defense. I like the way they played last week in, in Green Bay, even though they did lose. I'm sorry, uh, against Green Bay. Um, and then they've had a game against the Saints this year. And, again, it was kind of a slow drag-out game where the, it was close. It wasn't high scoring. Um, the Saints ended up winning in overtime, but that's a game the Bears should have won, uh, if, yeah, if, I, if I remember correctly. So I, I just I just think – I think the pressure of the for the Saints is huge because, again, they have had some playoff disappointments – and again, is this Breeze's last game? That's another thing. I mean, that's a huge burden to play with. And I think the Bears are coming in there with confidence, with swagger, um, with really nothing to lose. And I love the 10 points. I think that's something that might be the better of the weekend for me. Um, and then I think the money line is definitely uh, sprinkable, as I would. I think I just made a word, sprinkable. Uh, you have to have, have to add a little something to that. So what are your thoughts on, on the points and the money line and just the whole, the whole idea of it? What are your thoughts on the Saints going in? Because, again, the Saints are the two seed. And they do have all this talent, but I just laid it out for, for, for all the pressures on Drew Brees and all those mm. pressures going to be on the same players. But as long as Drew Brees has been there, you know, a stinker performance from, from Brees, you know, does he come back? Your, your thoughts on just the whole game as a whole? No, you're right. That, that's one aspect that you brought up that I, I hadn't even considered, but uh, I've seen reported on it is it seems like Brees definitely has one foot out the door. He's already, I think prior to the season, he already had an agreement with NBC Sports to, I think it's NBC Sports, yeah, to do that Sunday night rule. I don't know who's, who he's taking is he taking Chris's spot? But um, yeah, he already has like a handshake. I did see that. Yeah, to... I don't remember what network it was, but that, that is just... yeah, it, yeah, they're talking about it. But yeah, that's a pretty big burden. They've kind of come up short lately in the playoffs. When was the last time they won a Super Bowl? Back when they beat the Colts. Nine oh, was that? Oh, oh nine, nine, seven, I think, oh, six. Ten, yeah, oh eight, it, maybe. Yeah, it's so. just, him and guys like him and. Uh, him and Rogers, like when they won their first Super Bowl, we're kind of talking about like, oh, they're going to at least get to another one or two. Mm-hmm. And it's just sad that at this point in their season or at this point in their careers, both of them, it, they haven't they'd yet to um, return to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But uh, this, this, I don't know what it is about the Saints. I've never really – I mean, they obviously have the playmakers um, mm-hmm. with Kamara and Thomas coming back. Kamara on schedule to play with the uh, COVID tracing deal or whatever he had going on. Um, 
I, I don't know. I'm, whenever it comes to playoffs, I'm never really is, is high. It, is it their? Is it their playoff? Is it their playoff? Experience? Yeah, it's definitely that, definitely the, the last definitely disappointments. Yeah, certainly, definitely their their disappointments. On the Bears side, uh, definitely let down. I thought it was going to be a lot more. I was hoping for a better game than when they played the Packers. They've been playing so well. Um, it's definitely going to come down to the Trubisky. I could see this being a game where we kind of talked about maybe after the first quarter, you'll have an idea of the if the Bears are able to generate pressure and get yeah. to. It Drew reminds Brees, me a little Drew, bit of, Drew yeah, Brees, that Bucks-Washington uh, Bucks, Bucks game. Yeah. Drew Brees, similar to Brady, is not a guy that's not going to respond to pressure very well, especially, I guess, the interior pressure. Um, I, I didn't really have an opinion, but I think I think you talked me into the Bears plus a 10 because I'd rather take the points in a Saints team that's definitely had their disappointments in the playoffs. I, I don't know what – Thoughts on what the Bears' money line? I, I, that, that's a little crazy. But uh, <laughs> the Saints, I mean, I, I don't know what to – I mean, at this point in Drew Brees' career, I'm not sure what to expect in a win or lose, go home type of game. Um, I think I'd be, feel better with the points. Um, don't really. I would you be? I mean, for a two seed, would you be surprised if the Saints made it to the Super Bowl? I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Yeah, I think I'd there's. Be, I'd be, I think there's three, four teams better. No, than two seed, right? Or the Seattle, the yeah, two seed. They're the two seed. You know, yeah, I'd be, two-seed. I'd be, I'd be yeah, pretty surprised the, for a two seed. I think the Seahawks they, are a better team. I think the Bucks are a better team. I hard to say the Bucks because you know. They, they mm-hmm. beat the, the Saints. They beat them twice this year, but uh, maybe maybe just again the Saints haven't been playing bad. It's not like you know they're they're stumbling into the playoffs, uh, um, like like maybe a couple other teams. But I just again I just think I just think experience, the breeze factor, the pressure on them right now, that and and then just kind of the free playing Bears coming in with nothing to lose. I, I, because the Bears really, you got to think about it. I mean the health of Kyler Murray. I don't know if the Bears are in the playoffs, so they're looking at it again. The Bears had a four game losing streak this year. So again, for them to make the playoffs, it, it was it was a pipe dream, and, and it ended up coming true. So I, I think they take advantage of it, and I like them plus ten. Like I said, I like the money line. So you, you're going to take them plus ten, and you're going to think about the money line. It, it's uh, as you would say, I guess it's sprinkable, but yeah, just have me down for the plus ten, and then uh, maybe like a coin toss, I mean, sprinkable, whatever you want to put on the sprinkable. Money I like line. that word, sprinkable. Yeah. Uh, you want to get in this Brown Steelers game? Last one, let's do it. So this is the game that I kind of thought there was a pretty good chance of there being an upset with the Steelers opening the Browns. And then the news came – was it today? I think the news came out today. Yeah, today. Um, um, uh, took some notes that uh, Stefanski is out. Two players are out. Their Pro Bowl guard, Batonio, is out. And then two members of their staff are out. And the special teams coach – I didn't get his name, but the special teams coach will be taking over – Batonio is a Batonio is a big miss. Obviously, the head yeah, coach, that's huge. But Batonio is a big miss. Yeah, he's a good player. No, that's huge. And uh, and they played their last game against the Steelers. They missed six stars because of COVID. Um, they're without their offensive line coach, Bill Callahan, uh, Denzel Ward, and uh, just notable players. I guess Sendejo, their safety. Let me see. Yeah, that's probably all there is. Um, but yeah, this is crazy. You had Stefanski, who's a lot of people are projecting him to be in the race for the coach of the year award. And mm-hmm. he's out for the game. I think that's going to be crazy. They're going to have a new, they're going to have to have a new play caller. It's really unfortunate. I know a lot of people were hyping up the return of the Browns to the playoffs. You know what kind of caught me off by surprise? I thought the Browns made the playoffs. Didn't they win like 10 games with Derek Anderson? I thought they made the playoffs. They won 11. They won 11 and five. They won 11 uh, and five. They didn't, make the or 07, they didn't make the playoffs. No, it was oh, 11 shit. and five or nine or, or ten and six, but yeah. I always thought Derek they Anderson, made the playoffs. That year. He made a Pro Bowl. No, he made a Pro Bowl. Yeah, 
they uh, yeah, they didn't. I, uh, didn't happen, I guess they not, didn't get but, in. Uh, no, they didn't. They didn't get in that yet. But uh, yeah, like I said, I was really looking forward to this game. This is the game I thought there was a pretty decent chance of a upset the way the Browns were playing. And then uh, obviously, I'm, I'm not very high on the Steelers the way they're the way they they've never been able to run the ball here. And then Big Ben kind of showing his age towards the end of the season. Um, I mean, just getting worse um, as the games went by. I know they kind of picked up steam, but I'm not really high on this Steelers team. Um, they lost guys like we talked about all as long as we have the podcast, the amount of guys are losing on defense. I think this is a really fun game in the sense that the polarizing figure that is Baker Mayfield, he's been playing pretty well. He's been kind of hit or miss. A lot of people ripped him just going back to last year. I mean, I, th- I think that's probably when the criticism was at its worst. Um, he's been played well lately. He's like I said, had his ups and down pretty polarizing figure um, gets his first shot at a playoff game. I think it's going to be a fun game from that sense, seeing what they can do uh, that, uh, Browns offense, I mean, they've done pretty well even without Odell Beckham, probably their best receiver. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? What, what's the line at? Do you have an update on where, uh, where, the line, where it was? So the, line, was it the, it line, the line started at four. Uh, I think uh-huh. that was the first time I saw it on Sunday night. It's all the way up to six now, Steelers minus six. Um, I, I, first of all, I just want to say, I mean, again, as a Ravens fan, it's hard to compliment a division rival, but you got to give it to the Browns. Um, I'm not a huge uh, Baker Mayfield fan. But um, he, he did a lot of talking before before the combine, and people almost said that he almost talked uh, John Dorsey and the Browns in the draft room, just the things he was saying. I remember they, they had a quote this week, or they had a video of them asking, you know, the Browns' recent playoff failures. They asked Baker Mayfield this at the combine and, and how the Browns, you know, had been, you know, terrible and they had bad records. Uh, and Baker said, if anybody can turn around, it's me. And, and, you know, he was real confident about going to Cleveland and being the number one pick and putting that pressure on him. Um, I'm not saying that they're, you know, Super Bowl contenders or, or they're going to be this powerhouse, but you got to give them credit winning. Mm-hmm. I think they won what 10, 11 games this year. Um, Baker played well. He obviously played a lot better than he did last year. Um, I don't think he's at the elite level yet, um, but, but you got to give him credit, credit to the Browns for uh, coming out and, you know, having a good year, making the playoffs. Again, they had an injury to Odell Beckham. I think they've had a couple injuries on defense. What they're dealing with this week though. I just, I just don't see them overcoming that. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not high on Pittsburgh. I, I've been saying it for, I don't know how many weeks since we fucking started the podcast. Um, I, I think Pittsburgh, you know, that, that second half comeback against the Colts won the Pittsburgh, the division, uh, you know? So again, if they don't win that game against the Colts, I think, I think that week 17 game is for the division. Um, at, at six though, that's a lot of points for a division game, but uh, I would still lean, lean towards the Steelers minus six. Um, again, it, it's hard to, it's hard to say and really talk about this game because the head coach is out for the Browns. So, you know, I, I think it'll have a big effect. How much effect it really has on the score in the game is tough to say. Um, I know this team just played each other this week. I'm sorry, this past week. So they, they're, they're familiar. But um, I, I would lean towards the Steelers. I think the Steelers have a little bit more experience. Um, it's been a good year for the Browns making the playoffs, obviously. But um, I would lean towards Steelers minus six, um, su- surprisingly. I think another aspect is just like the weirdness of their situation. Like if it could get even weirder, I mean, haven't yeah. they already had their facility issue where they weren't even that, able to, how many, that, that, how many that, times that, did they practice last week? Yeah, exactly. To me, that that's why I just, it's hard to really even comment on this game or, or kind of give an analysis because you just don't know. You don't know what's going on at Cleveland. They obviously closed their facilities. Mm-hmm. How did the head coach test positive? What did he catch it on Monday? Can he catch it on Sunday at the game? Tuesday, you know, it's just, I mean, it's only Tuesday. You know, if this came out on Thursday or Friday, be like, okay, maybe he caught it during the week, but it's like, it's just weird. It's all weird stuff. Playing again, the same team. And... Yeah, exactly. It, it, that's another thing. Exactly. I mean, he probably just shook Tomlin's hand on Sunday after the game. 
So it's just it's just hard to say. It's hard to pick up, uh, kind of get a read on it. Um, I, again, I would just lean toward uh, Steelers minus. I don't have a lot to say about this game. I would say Steelers minus six is, is what I'm going with. I just think no. it's too much for the Browns to overcome. overcome and um, I, I think the Steelers, I think the Steelers pull it out, and I think they do cover the line. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably lean Pittsburgh minus six as well. Just all the everything that's up in the air right now. Did you? Li- it's kind of relevant now, but did you like the Browns' chance of possibly upsetting the Steelers prior? Just all the, everything that's happened today. It's, again, out? it's just a, it's just a tough tough game to call because it's a division game. Six, four points, even four points, I thought was like man, that, that that's a lot. Um, it's just a hard game to call because they just played too. I just watched that game on Sunday. You know how much did the Browns show? How much did the Steelers show? Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting that Big Ben sat because, again, this, before before that Colts second half, he had not been looking good. And I thought they really got some momentum going in that in that Colts second half. To sit him this week, you know, maybe he has a nagging injury that he's been, you know, trying to heal. Because if not, why would you not put him out there at least for a half or something, just to keep him fresh? Um, so for the for them to not play Ben Roethlisberger and play everybody else, really, I'd actually I don't think T.J. Watt played, um, was interesting to me. And, again, other than that Colts second half, uh, the Steelers had been looking lousy and the Steelers had not been looking in rhythm. So, you know, maybe a slow start there. And then, you know, you get a slow start, you get a close game. That's six points, you know, could be a lot. So I, I, I kind of flip-flopped on it back and forth, but I think I'm going to settle on the Steelers minus six because of just, just so much. You, you just don't know. And, and it's funny that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of phrasing it this way. We're kind of phrasing it this way. If a game you don't know and a game, you know, you have no real feelings about six points is a lot. I mean, you could take Cleveland with six, I feel pretty good about that saying again, you know, why did Ben Roethlisberger not play this week? Um, you know, who knows how much this, how well the Browns are going to play. So six points is a lot, but I'm, I, I just kind of, I'm, I'm flip-flopping back and forth. I don't feel, re- this is the game. I really don't feel good about the line uh, out of all of them, but uh, I'm going to stick with the Steelers minus six because I just don't know. And I, and I don't know how Cleveland's going to respond to not having their head coach, but at the same time, you know, how do you really know how the Steelers are going to play? All right. Yeah. I mean, just a little behind the curtain, we're recording this on a Tuesday and we don't even know what could happen the rest of the week. I mean, would you be, I don't think anybody would be surprised if somebody else or a couple other key guys on either team got pulled because of uh, mm-hmm. just whatever contract tracing or whatever absolutely. they want to call it. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. They're just diving um, into it today. So. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, it's really hard to have an opinion. It's really hard to have an opinion right now when there's so much uncertainty, a lot in the air that can change. Seems like a pretty fluid situation. Uh, no I mean, question. Yeah. With the whole, no question. Uh, so fancy with the play caller, right? Certainly, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Play yep. caller, yep. losing mm-hmm. your play caller. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot, a lot of uncertainty. A it's lot gonna, of it's gonna be a lot. On, it's gonna be a lot on Baker Mayfield. A lot on Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. this week. No. Yeah. So I'm gonna put I, you down. I'm gonna put you down for the Steelers minus six right now. Uh, I, what are you going? You going Browns? I'm going Steelers. I just think again, it's hard to call. Um, I'm going to take the more playoff experience. I probably, you know what? I'll, I'll, do, I'll do this. If the line gets up there, if it, something else happens and depending on what it is, if it gets to like seven, I, I, I might take the Browns. Honestly, if it gets to seven, okay. I'd probably feel better about the seven than a six. Um, I'll put you down. I'll put seven, you down seven, as, a, as a maybe undecided. Yeah. Okay. So just to recap um, the games, you, we both liked the bills uh, in the 10 o'clock game against the Colts to cover minus six. Um, again, I, I you don't have really anything else to say about that one. No, not really. I, honestly, I don't know what it is. I'm I'm not really. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills bust off Colts. I'm not really that excited about that game. Yeah, uh, we 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 both like the Rams plus four, a close divisional game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still obviously unsure about the 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 quarterback situation in LA. It doesn't really matter much to me. I think it's a close game. I don't really love the way Seattle's been playing, but again, a uh, 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 astounding Russell Wilson performance. 
isn't out of the realm of possibility. So that's shaky, but um, I still like the Rams in a close game because of their defense plus four. Um, the Saturday night game, uh, we're, we're different a little bit on it. Um, you like Washington to kind of stifle Brady and to keep yeah. it close late. Eight points is a lot. Um, I look at it the other way. Again, I think it could go both ways. We're going to know pretty early in the game. I think after the first quarter, I'd love to be able to bet uh, either way on the eight points, but uh, obviously it doesn't work like that. Um, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the bucks to cover minus eight. You like Washington football team plus eight yep. um, in the Saturday night game. Uh, the Sunday game, I think this is the game that I think I'm most excited for. I don't know how you feel. Um, you, you said, you know, you're most excited for this game. I like Definitely. the Ravens minus three. Um, again, if I, I think it's gotta be a game where they rally, it's gotta be a game. It's gotta be a pride game for them. So I, I, I like them, uh, to cover that, uh, you take the play times plus eight, and you think it's a close game. You think it's a flip flop game. You even said the line could be down to two. You even said the line could flip to the Titans minus two, minus one. I I, com- I completely agree. I think again, if there's ever a pick'em game, I think this one's the closest one uh, to it this week. Um, I like the Bears plus ten. You like the Bears plus ten the way I laid it out. Um, we're both kind of shaky on the way the Saints yeah. have been playing, and there'll be some playoff record. Um, anything else on the Bears Saints game? No, it's gonna be a really fun game. Do you- just for maybe for our listeners, how do you know Jake's gonna be doing this game? Is this one of those games where you're, um, where so you're in your room, my, put a put a blanket over your head, turn off the lights? That, you know what's funny is is as that's exactly the way I used to watch the Ravens games. I mean, I remember the Super Bowl against the Niners. Uh, you know, everybody kind of wanted me at their house, wanted me to go over to the family's house. Yeah, my friends wanted to watch the game with me. I watched it in my room on the couch, and then I would come out to the living room every once in a while. I actually came out to the living room when it was 28 to three, and I started to text. Everybody kind of what they were doing because I was going to go over to someone's house. The game started to get close, and I ran right back into my room. And exactly what you said, I'm under the blankets, I'm under the covers, I'm fully dressed in pants, shoes, and my jersey. But um, no, I, I, for Jake, I, I would hope that you know he doesn't sit in his room in the dark like I used to. Obviously, I don't watch games like that. It's a dark place. It's a dark place yeah, to it, be. It's a dark place because you just start thinking. <laughs> you know, you don't even know where your phone's at at this point. You don't even know what time of day it is. You just you're just nervous and. <laughs> You're just hoping for the best. So I, yeah. I hope he's not uh, going to watch it that way, but no promises. <laughs> um, to wrap it up, uh, again, I think it's a weird Steelers-Browns game, obviously, with the news coming out today about Stefanski um, and the special teams coach and a player or two. Um, and then the game, again, the, for the Steelers, the best the best we've seen the Steelers play in a month is just that second half against the Colts, which other than that, they've looked flat. They haven't looked very good. Roethlisberger didn't play last week. Watt didn't play last week. Um, we'll see how they respond. I think it's a weird game. Um, you're kind of undecided on, on the six. I, I, I don't see the line staying there. I think I think the line is at six right now. That's kind of in the middle of where it's going to be. I think maybe if things turn up for the Browns, it could go down to five. If things start to get a little worse, I think that could bump up to seven or eight, if you ask me. Right now, I like the Steelers minus six. Uh, but like you, if it bumps up, uh, I, 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 would, I might flip-flop to, to the Browns. All right, so now we're going to – do our newest segment called pour one out. It's pretty much, uh, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory pour one out. Yeah. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's just a, a little thing I came up with. It's, you know, every time, uh, something goes wrong with, uh, with somebody or, you know, there's a, there's a tragic moment, you know, you have the whole yeah. pour one out for him, you know, when, uh, when you're trying to hang out with your buddy yeah. and his girlfriend gets him, you know, late night, uh, you just pour one out for him or when your buddy can't make it, uh, to a hangout, pour one out for him. Um, when, when you lose somebody, you pull one out for them. Yeah. So it's going to kind of just be the most heartbreaking thing, most heartbreaking person, most heartbreaking loss, any, any kind of anything that really uh, stung with you as far as a heartbreaking loss. Uh, for mine this week, um, it's going to be the Dolphins. Um, I just thought they had so much promise. 
Um, they really looked like the playoff team. Um, I like Brian Flores as a coach. The Tua thing, it, it's upsetting, and I think it makes it a lot worse that they didn't make the playoffs um, because you have those questions about Tua and how he played so badly. Um, and one thing also for the Dolphins is their rock was their defense this year. They had a really good defense, and it kind of masks sometimes the issues that, that uh, Tua had and the, the issues that Tano had at his old age. So it's definitely disappointing. They, I mean, they're, they're at 10 and 6. Not making the playoffs, that's definitely disappointing for them. And then you couple that with the Tua issues. And then you also couple that with, you know, they have the third pick in the draft. That's going to be a big, big – I mean, can, can you imagine the front office right now in, in Miami? I mean, they have to be thinking really hard about, you know, scouting some of these quarterbacks. And imagine the headache and, and the chaos that's just going to cause. I know the GM team came out today and said, you know, they're fully behind Tua and they plan on going him next year in the start as a starter. But, man, that, that's going to be tough. Um, I've, I've said that I think they should move forward with Tua. And I think they should draft a Devontae Smith. They should draft, draft a Sewell, um, just something, somebody to make him better. Because I think they're pretty set on defense. Uh, obviously, they had a bad performance against Buffalo, but their defense is pretty good. Other than that, they put they spent some money in free agent on the defense. I think now it's time to give two a weapon or give two some protection. But uh, that's my poor one out uh, for the Dolphins. I feel really bad for them because, again, they must be going really going through it right now with missing the playoffs um, with a tough two-up performance. And then, obviously, you know, you, you never think it's a bad thing to have a third pick in the draft. But this year, hey, it, it could be it could be tough. I'm gonna take my poor one out. This is kind of like a sector of the sports world that we haven't talked about yet. I think you're gonna like this one. My poor. So I don't know how how did you pro- are we approaching this like a humorous way or just like like an actually sad way? In a way. I, you want to do it both ways? Yeah, it's a little more humorous. Yeah, it's a little more humorous. Take it humorous, like I said uh, about uh, maybe you know you're trying to hang out with your homies and uh, his girlfriend's got him poured up, uh, locked up. So you pull one out. I'm not going to say I have a friend like that, but uh, you can kind of take the hint. <laughs> um, take that. And then again, it could, it could just be something funny where yeah. maybe your buddy had to work late or something, or it could be for somebody serious. You know, maybe you lost somebody or, you know, uh, a tough moment you're going through. You just pour one out, you know? Yeah. So this one's, this one's going to be a good one. So my pour one out is going to be the Clemson head football coach, Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love got, it. They got annihilated by a score of 49 to 28 by Ohio State. The game was close. Uh, and then the game by, kicked by, off. Hold on, hold on. By, by the 11th ranked Ohio State Buckeyes? No, yeah. I just found an article right now. I mean, it was kind of a – so how does that work, the coaches poll? Does, do we all see – because I didn't – I don't think I've ever seen that where an actual coaches poll, like, was showed. Like, is that a thing? I believe it does come out, yeah. I believe it does come out. I, I didn't or know that. I believe that, they could, or, I, or I believe they could ask them, and then obviously if the coach is honest mm-hmm. about it, you know, hey, he could be honest about it. Yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know if this whole poll got revealed, but obviously everybody was uh, kind of clowning him because he ranked – Ohio State number 11, and they came in and got absolutely destroyed. And I just saw right now, he kind of looks like a jackass here, but he's doubling down, and it says he has no regrets about ranking Ohio State number 11. Um, I have the quote right here. I don't regret any of that, and polls have nothing to do with motivation. Both teams are highly motivated to play. Um, I know a lot of people really don't like Dabo. I don't have too many issues, but he kind of of does look like a jackass here, one by saying Ohio State should be ranked 11 and then uh, kind of doubling down on it after absolutely getting destroyed. Yeah, I mean, that's my point. I'm sure you have a couple things to say. I just want to say I, I, I don't really I don't really have too many other – like I don't have an issue with Dabo. I know a lot of other people love to clown him. I really don't, but he kind of looks like a jackass here. What, what are your thoughts? Definitely looks like a jackass. Absolutely. I hated what he said. They just played a close game last year against Ohio State. Ohio State's team didn't change much. I know they lost Chase Young and a couple other guys to the draft, but Ohio State's always reloading. So for him to come out and say, you know, they were the 11th team 
in, in the nation and they didn't deserve they didn't to be in the playoffs. In the playoffs and, yeah. yeah. They didn't deserve it because they only played seven games. I mean, what comes to play 11 games, 12 games. I mean, what a couple more games. Um, I, I just didn't like it. I liked Ohio state throughout that. I, I just didn't like the idea of Clemson beating them two years in a row. Um, I like the revenge factor. I always love that. From that's what it's something I always look at. You know, is their revenge kind of on the other team's mind? And I think, I think Dabble just fueled Ohio State's fire even more um, this week. And and uh, and you get a great coach like Ryan Day. He's going to use that. And again, these guys at Ohio State are competitive. They're the top of their class every year. Um, as far as recruiting, these guys are going to use that as motivation and use that as fuel. Um, one more little pour out as we wrap up. Pour one out for Notre Dame, man. That's tough. <laughs> you get your butt kicked again. Um, in the playoff, um, again, it, it's crazy to say. It's, it's tough to say. But, man, I don't know if I want to see Notre Dame back in the playoff. I, I'm a fighting Irish fan. I like them. I think they're a cute little story. They're kind of turning into um, the punching bag as far as the media and everybody yeah. not really wanting to see them, even if they were defeated or have one loss. But uh, I'll say this. I don't think Notre Dame's going anywhere. I like Brian Kelly. I think he's a great coach. I think they're always going to be a turnout. Um, great recruiting class. I know they're losing their quarterback, but – Another thing about Notre Dame is their box office. They're like the Cowboys. They're like Duke. Um, they're, they're like the Yankees. They're not going anywhere. And if they're mm. 11 and 1, 12 and 0, you know damn well they're going to put them right back in the playoff uh, because of the ratings and everything like that. No, just one little thing after that. Uh, one thing I wanted to add is I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's, it feels like it's kind of different from the other sport, but I feel like college football, the Blue Bloods just carry the sport. Like, it just, for me, like when I watch games, like I just see like the uniforms and like how they just, the history of them. Like, you could put, you could put like Pop Warner kids in these uniforms and I'd fucking watch the game just because of the history. Like when you have Absolutely. like a Notre Dame or an Alabama or an Ohio State, just like just the history of just the teams and just the legacy of all them. It just, yeah. it just, what, I, I just think it goes with college football more than any other. Yeah. Sport, to, right? to add to that, college football was definitely college, well, it's starting to happen with college basketball. Those two are really the most, maybe boxing a little bit that I've just felt it's just weird without fans. Uh, the NFL, I've kind of gotten used to. MLB, I really got used to at the end. Basketball in the bubble, I thought they did a really good job with that. But uh, college basketball, college football, and I think boxing a little bit have been really the weirdest sports without fans because that's that's what it's all about, you know, college football. Um, you know, Saturday night games, whether it's in Clemson, uh, whether it's at Notre Dame, uh, you know, the afternoon Saturday games in Alabama against LSU and all that stuff where, you know, they bring in the shot of the fans in the huge stadium. So that was definitely weird to me, but you're 100% right. Yeah, I mean, co- college football – is big on obviously the name you know i couldn't name more than five notre dame players but if notre dame's on tv i'm watching um, obviously the Alab- yeah obviously the alabama players you know their names and the nfl stuff but you, yeah you you hit it on the head um notre dame is definitely one of those schools where they're on tv you're tuning in you see those uh those gold helmets all right so we're just gonna fit this one in fit this one in here just a little one part of our combat sports here when we talk about boxing we're talking about the fight that happened on the past Saturday, like I said, we're recording this on Wednesday, but the past Saturday, it was a weird start time. I think the fight started around like 3 o'clock. But the fight ended with uh, Ryan Garcia, T, or not T, KO and Luke Campbell. Um, I think it was the 7th round, 7th, 8th round. But, uh, yeah, it was a really fun fight, like a roller coaster of a fight. I think one thing that I, the first thing I wanted to touch on was that just that second round knockdown of Ryan Garcia and, like, what it made me feel, it was just, like, one of those, like, I think it's only, it might be only just in combat sports where you have that, like, holy shit moment where, like, the whole landscape, I mean, it might be a little bit over exaggeration, but just, like, just the hype factor on Ryan Garcia, it, it kind of felt like a holy shit moment. And the only recent one that I can think of was when I saw when Joshua went down the first time against Ruiz. That mm-hmm. that kind of resembled it. It was just, like, a 
holy shit get, moment. A get off your get off your ass moment where you're no, it was couch. no a thousand percent. It was just like a holy shit moment. And uh I don't really I mean there's some things I wanted to add, but if you want to talk about the fight a little bit, um, whatever your thoughts on it with on it, yeah, and no, I'll just, just, I'll talk just about touch on next. it real quick. You hit it on the head about that fifth about what is it, third round knockdown, whatever it was, third or fifth round. Um, it, it was a moment where you jump off the couch and you're immediately grabbing your phone and I'm trying to text you and I can't even get words out, man. Yeah. Like I'm trying to say, holy shit, or I don't even know. It's just like, and then you're looking at Ryan Garcia and you sit back down and it's like, you're looking around. I remember watching it. I was watching it with Jake and it's just like, you don't even know who you know kind of what to do, but it's exactly what you just said about the Joshua knockdown. I remember streaming the Joshua knockdown on my phone and it's like, oh my God, it, it reminds me, obviously I remember streaming the Tyson Fury Wilder fight. It's the same thing when Fury went down. It's like, holy crap, what the hell just happened? And boxing mm -hmm. and MMA, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say so much MMA because MMA, when when you get a knockdown or something, the guy's immediately jumping on him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Boxing, you have time to kind of get up and everybody kind of pauses because they're trying to watch the guy. You know, the other boxer backs up and you're trying mm -hmm. to watch the guy like, is he going to get up? So there's almost mm -hmm. that pause where you're just watching the guy and you're almost quiet. You know what I mean? So there's really nothing like a boxing. And that was a true knockdown. What a punch by Luke Campbell uh, uh, to, to land that. I believe it was a left hand. When Ryan Garcia had been standing a little bit low. But um, you know what? I'm not the biggest Ryan Garcia fan. Um, I'm not a huge Oscar De La Hoya fan uh, at all. I think Oscar's uh, – a lot of what he says is bullshit. Um, I, I, liked, I, I liked the fact that Canelo kind of went out on his own because I think he was kind of under Oscar's shadow for a little while. Um, but Ryan Garcia definitely gained some respect for me uh, uh, this week. Getting up off of the canvas, taking his time. I thought, I thought you know, he didn't really go crazy um, trying to knock him out. I think when he got – when he got Luke Campbell up against the ropes, I think it was the end of the seventh round. Luke kind of turned and, and, and turned away. And I thought the fight could have been stopped right there. Obviously, it was the end of the round. Oh, that um, was I crazy. Luke I, got saved. I, yeah, I didn't even have that in my nose. That right? was a huge, mm -hmm. that was a huge part of it because he got mm -hmm. literally saved. It kind of felt like the Campbell. it felt like that Ferguson Gaethje. Like yeah, he just got saved did. by yeah, the bell. Just, it's just kind of like, what the hell's going on here? Um, but um the whole the whole I told Jake this and, and I'll reiterate it to you. Ryan Garcia put on a show. That's exactly what we want to see out of boxing. He absolutely put on a show. It wasn't, it wasn't the best performance. Um, I thought it was a real, I think it was one of the best body shots I've ever seen. But as far as, you know, one through eight or one through seven, whatever it was, it wasn't the best performance. Obviously he felt, he felt the canvas, but he put on a show. I mean, that introduction, that introduction, you know, on, on the throne, like he did. Um, I know Floyd Mayweather has done that. Tyson Fury just did that on the fight. That's box office. Those two guys are box office. And I think Ryan Garcia is becoming box office. I mean, I'm not going to miss another one of his fights at all. Um, mm. I, I, I gained a little, I, I don't want to say I gained a little bit more respect for him because he's a boxer. You obviously have great respect for him anytime, any guy that boosts up the gloves, but, uh, for him to come off the canvas, like he did, uh, definitely props to him. And then it was a great body shot. One of the best body shots I've seen it. It, uh, it reminded me, I don't know if you, you, you got to go back and look at this, uh, Bernard Hopkins knocked out, uh, knocked, stopped De La Hoya with the, with a similar body shot. So I thought that mm. was pretty impressive. Um, you'd have to go back and watch that one, but, um, no, the whole show, the whole spectacle of Ryan Garcia was pretty special. I mean, he came out to American Boy by Estelle and Kanye West. I love that song. I thought it was pretty special. And uh, I'm not missing another Ryan Garcia fight. Um, it, it'll be seen, you know, how all this whole, the division shakes out with Haney, Tiafimo Lopez, and I know he's calling out Tate Davis. We'll see. All these guys just need to fight. I just hope they all fight. Uh, that, that's my one hope for 2021. Um, I just hope that boxing gets all these guys in the ring because these guys, these guys can really I, – I hate using the phrase save boxing because, I, I you know, that's a bigger question, a broader uh, – kind of idea but uh it's definitely got me interested so no ryan garcia definitely interested me i thought it was a really good performance it wasn't a great performance because of the knockdown and you know i thought he started slow he looked real flat-footed um chris mannix and, and uh uh kept saying but um 
no, he's box office, and I'm not missing another one of his fights. So, so props to him. No, just uh, um, just one thing I wanted to add was the whole idea of just like it felt like an event. Like I felt like I know a lot of people hit me up. My brother was excited for this fight. It just felt like a total event. And uh, like I said, I, I mean, I think everybody knows Ryan Garcia, very polarizing figure. A lot of people love him. A lot of people hate him. And it was funny because I think this was my first time my dad actually watched a Ryan Garcia fight. And he saw him come out on the throne. And immediately that made my dad a <laughs> hater, a, a <laughs> yeah. hater of Ryan Garcia for the rest of his life. And I told my dad, my dad was just like, he just Tempo wanted to lose. Same reaction. He, he wanted to lose so badly. And I'm like, dad, I just want you to know, because he was so upset after the fight. I'm like, dad, I want you to know that uh, I mean, I don't want to compare it to Floyd, but I'm like, dad, it doesn't matter if you're rooting for this guy. It doesn't matter if you're rooting against him. The price of admission you're, is still the same and you're going to be paying you're gonna fucking the price watch. of admission. Exactly. So yeah, <laughs> just the whole, thro- the whole throne, I think made my dad, who's a big boxing guy too, a lifetime uh, hater or whatever you want to call it. Of yeah. Ryan I'd love to, I would love to ask your dad how much would the, the, the De La Hoya comparisons. I'd mm. love to ask you. Yeah. Cause that that's obviously, you know, De La Hoya promotes him and, Canelo was never too much like I never thought that Canelo was anything close to De- Oscar De La Hoya. I just don't think Canelo has the personality like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Canelo was a little bit similar to Oscar in the sense of moving up weight classes and kind of doing that. But uh, the charisma and, and the swagger and the smile and everything that goes yeah. along with Ryan Garcia, definitely the, the Oscar De La Hoya comparisons would be great. So I'd love to ask your dad that. But um, I mean, that's obviously a comparison you would make, right? Just as far as personality and the whole showmanship of it. No, obviously yeah, Ryan took it a little farther. I don't think Oscar ever came out on a throne. I think Oscar, you know, did the, yeah. did the robe thing, but um, just the showmanship and that, that's what it is now in 2021. You know, you're, you're trying to uh, get the most views on Twitter and get the most views on Instagram. And mm. Ryan Garcia does a great job of that. Absolutely. Um, just a couple other thoughts. Um, and you're currently, you kind of already hit on it. I was impressed that he was able to, I mean, I think I texted you like, what were my thoughts on this? But I just said, I, I mean, we haven't seen rounds of this guy. We, one, we haven't seen many rounds and we haven't seen him in rounds with an actual like contender, like Luke Campbell. Um, I think Ryan Garcia, safe to say he has raw power, raw speed. The defense is pretty suspect. I mean, as we saw when he got knocked down, um, I think he just needs more rounds. I know a lot of people, what are your thoughts on this? Um, do you think he's ready to fight like a Tank Davis? I mean, I know we talk about like he's one of the young guys, but uh, at the ages right here, Garcia, 22, Haney, 22, Tiafimo 23, Tank Davis, 26. It's just, just the thing about just – I don't think a lot of people Special. are talking about it, but just, just need it. They just need a round or Garcia especially just needs rounds and going up against a tank Davis. Who's put in rounds a lot more than uh Martin more recently, probably against a little bit better. I'd say com- competition. What do you think about the ideas of uh, a potential Davis fight? Because that's the guy who was calling. It was funny because it's the zone production and uh, they're mm-hmm. showing Devin Haney, but uh, yep. the whole crowd. He, he, I mean, he went to Devin Haney, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, um, obviously. I mean, that would be probably the commercial, the big commercial fight. I think, uh, in that division would be Garcia. Just the, just the, just the, um, just the fighting fans that bring him out with uh, Ryan Garcia. I mean, a lot of people know of him. And then you have Mayweather's guy, Tank Davis. I mean, Chris Maddox said, I, I mean, I don't know if this is politically correct, but just the urban, I guess, uh, fight fan. <laughs> yeah, comes Tank out. Davis is a big guy. Yeah, he's a big guy in the Baltimore area. Your, thought, your thoughts? Is he ready for a Tank Davis fight? Whether he's ready or not, I think it's coming. The, the, everything's been sounding good. Everything's been pointing. Looks like it's pointing towards. They're going back and forth on Instagram. Yeah, I know it's boxing, so I know you gotta wait a little bit of time. But like you said, Tank Davis is twenty six. Ryan Garcia is twenty two, I believe. Yeah. Amy's twenty three. Tim Fumo's twenty twenty three, I think. So all these guys are young, and all these guys are in it. But I think times are. I I just hope, and I think times are changing in boxing where these guys are really getting called out on social media, 
on, you know, Instagram and, you know, through the media and all the, the stuff that goes on now with zone and all the stuff Showtime's doing, all the stuff. I think these guys are really facing pressure to fight each other that I don't know so much when it was just HBO and, and Showtime. Um, I don't know so much when it was just, like I said, when it was just HBO and Showtime pay-per-views. I don't know how much back and forth there really was through the media. Nowadays, when you have the zone, you have ESPN, you have Fox, you have Showtime, where all these things are being talked about, not just on, you know, on on, on the broadcast, but on the networks, on social yeah, media. Yeah, so I don't think you have like the 20-second clips on Twitter, the 20-second clips mm-hmm, on Instagram. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Where you can take a Ryan Garcia quote and you can take a Tank Davis quote, put them in one post. And everybody to see, you know, like I, I like yeah. you said, I looked through all through my lunch day, the different quotes back and forth. Um, it's definitely looked like it's pointing towards that they're going to fight pretty soon here. So whether Ryan Garcia is re- uh, ready or not, it's definitely coming. I just think it's crazy how full circle uh, this whole thing is when you have Floyd's guy in Tank Davis, you have a guy who's promoted by Oscar De La Hoya um, in, in Ryan Garcia, and they're they're you know destined to fight. Uh, I just think it's awesome for boxing. I think that's a whole other side story you could go into because Floyd and and Oscar obviously you know one of the biggest fights in history. So I think it's pretty special. And like I said, ready or not, all these guys, you know, you could say what you want about how much better the competition Dick Davis has fought. He hasn't fought so much better. I mean, it's not great competition. Yeah. Any of you guys fight the best guy. I think, I think just the, I think just the general consensus, a lot of people think Dave, I mean, he already did a pay-per-view fight, but that, mm-hmm. yeah, I think a lot of people yeah, think yeah. would say he's big knockout, fight ready. His knockout, big was, fight incredible. Ready. His knock, yeah. his knockout was incredible. Of, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Santa Cruz. Uh, but out of the four guys that you just mentioned, and I throw Shakur Stevenson, and I know Shakur Stevenson is not a big name, but Shakur Stevenson fights a little bit low. I think 127. I think he fought his last fight at 130. Um, I'd throw his name in there. I know he's a big guy on ESPN. Um, one thing I, I, I'd say is uh, the best guy that any of these guys have fought was, you know, Tiafima Lopez. He just beat Lomachenko, who was viewed as number one. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go too far forgetting about him. But obviously, it's not it's not Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. I think Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis would do a huge number, and they could do a, definitely a couple fights uh, together. That would that would be pretty special. Um, just, just, one, just the last couple thoughts. I mean, I'm speaking on January 5th, 2021. I will say that it is very encouraging. Like I said, that, uh, you have guys like Ryan Garcia calling out. It's, it's, I think it's a lot better for the sport. I think it's a lot better than the, uh, the cliche answers. I got to go with my family. I got to talk to my team and then we'll get back to you guys when they mm-hmm. ask you at the, like the post fight thing. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, I mean, we could look like jackasses, like Ryan Garcia could get a couple gimme fights and it's literally all, all for nothing. But yeah, I hope, uh, I think it's more than likely that he sees Haney. I don't think he's ready for Davis. I know De La Hoya is really hyping that fight up. I saw him on Twitter uh, really hyping that one up. I know. The it's iron's hot De- right now, man. The iron's hot. No, yeah, a thousand percent, yeah. Guys. One last thing. You already touched on it. Like, just imagine. what What is – because if this happens, it's going to be a – I think it's going to be a Showtime pay-per-view because I think everybody's better off. And I think Davis is probably the A side in this. But uh, what does is, what is Showtime do? The 24-7s or is that HBO? No, they do the all-access. So just imagine the all access of Gar- Garcia De La Hoya, yep. Tank Floyd. I mean, De- like you already said, uh, De La Hoya Floyd. Obviously, at the time, I believe it was like two point four million people buys. I believe they're cordial yeah. now. I'm just saying, like the most the, the most com- commercially successful fight of its mm-hmm. time at that time. That, that'd be awesome. Just twenty four seven. I mean, we already saw. Remember the twenty four seven with Tank De La Tank. Uh, not, I'm sorry, the all access of Tank De La Cruz. Or what am I saying, De La Cruz? Um, think of De La Hoya, but the Saint, the Tank Santa Cruz 24 sevens yeah. or the All Axis where you had Floyd was all up. Floyd in was, it. All, Floyd in was it. all in it. He was all in it. All Couldn't in get it. Floyd. Can what is Tio saying? <laughs> Can't get enough of me. Floyd can't cannot get enough, get enough of, me, enough yeah. of Floyd. Yeah. No, no, I love, Floyd. No, I love me. I didn't me. know who was fighting. If it was Floyd or Tank, because yeah. cannot yeah. get enough of Tank, himself. Tank's a quiet guy. Tank doesn't say much. No, no. Obviously, Floyd does the talking for him, and Ryan Garcia um, does a lot of talking. So, no, like I said, special time. 
And again, you just for boxing, you, you just you just hope one hope I hope one sports hope I have and one sports wish I have. These guys just get in the ring, man. Even if it is Haney Garcia, there's nobody that doesn't want to see that fight. Obviously, it's not as big mm-hmm. a fight as Tank and, and and Garcia, but it's still a big fight. And then you know these guys fight each other, and and I don't know so much if it's if it's bad with the loss. I know obviously they're all going to want to keep their undefeated record. I think they're all still undefeated. They're all going to want to keep their undefeated records, but I really do feel like the pressure in the social media gathering and the following that these guys are starting to have and, and you know, have already had, I think it's going to push them to fight. And I really hope in 2021, even early 2022, um, if we could, you know, kind of get an idea of, of where, you know, these guys are headed, if they're, you know, if they're on the right path to fight each other. Um, I think, I think boxing fans will have a little bit of patience, obviously not as much patience as hopefully not, you know, the patience we had to have for Mayweather Pacquiao and stuff like that. And the patience we're having for Fury Joshua. But I think boxing is starting to kind of get back on track. I, I really do. I'm excited about 2021 um, as far as boxing. We're going to finish up with our last segment of the day. Uh, dog of the week, Joel, your dog of the week. Yeah, a guy, uh, a guy pretty uh, – one of my favorite teams, uh, Jalen Brown, man. He's my dog of the week. He's been balling out, man. It's been really fun to watch him um, progress the way he has. I know he had a great week last week. I think he averaged about 27, 28 points a game. Uh, he's always going at it on the defensive end. Um, I know Jason Tatum uh, gets a lot of the – praise and a lot of the accolades uh, on the Celtics and a lot of the hype, but Jalen Brown's right there, man. I don't, I don't know so much if he's got the special talent that uh, Jason Tatum has, but Jalen Brown's a dog, man, attacking the basket, um, making plays for his guys on defense, getting steals, getting rebounds, um, m- making shots, making tough shots. Um, obviously, you know, he, he, he plays well off of Tatum and I really want to see these guys progress, you know, in the next five, six years together. I really want to see them grow. I don't like the idea of a big trade for James Harden. I know that's been out there for the Celtics with, Jalen Brown being the centerpiece. Um, maybe that'll be, you know, short-term, a better deal for the Celtics. But right now, as a Celtics fan, I just want to see these guys grow together and play together for a while. Uh, I think they're a pretty special tandem. Um, I really like Jalen Brown. I really like Jason Tatum. I want to see these guys. I want to root for these guys. These are guys you want to root for, guys that were drafted by the Celtics high, and guys that have just gotten better every single year. Um, Jalen Brown, I think, started off as a rookie, only averaged about five, six points. Uh, then in the second year, about 10, 11. Last year, about 15 to 16. And this year, he's up in the 20s. So, you just love to see that. And, you know, he just got paid. I'm happy for him. Tatum just got paid. So these guys are going to be here for a while. So that's my dog of the week, Jason, J- Jalen Brown. Oh, that's good because I've actually had Jalen Brown on my fantasy team. He's actually been doing pretty well. I've always really liked Jalen Brown. I don't know what it is. I just feel like he's a really, like, really complimentary. I feel like he could be a really complimentary piece to just, like, any basketball team, just the way, like, he defends, hits open shots, and create a little bit for himself. Yeah. I've, I've always hey, really Cal, liked uh, Jalen Cal Brown. Cal's own. Cal alum. What was that? He's a Cal alum. Oh, yeah, Cal, yeah. Yeah, he was really – yeah, there was a lot of questions asked when he uh, mm-hmm. was drafted. Um, my dog of the week just came up with it last minute. I don't know how you're going to feel about it. We're going to roll with Mr. The Forgotten, Risen for the Dead, Jason Garrett. I mean, Jason, Jason <laughs> the Jason Garrett revenge game. Uh, like, I mean, his team didn't really get a chance to make the playoffs, but he kind of denied his former team play calling duties. Jason Garrett uh, is a record of – he had a record of 85 and 67 with the Dallas Cowboys, one of the more, I mean, I've said this word a lot in the pocket, but one of the more certainly polarizing coaches of recent memory. Well, you, uh, saw, you saw who we interviewed with today, right? Yeah, the Chargers. Oh, my God. I, 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 I don't think it, I don't think it, I don't think, I mean, I mean, I don't think it's a popular, I mean, I don't think it's a hot take, but I'm, I'm not very hot on him. You're not probably not very hot on him uh, as an yeah. actual head coach of an actual head uh, NFL organization long term or just in the short term in general. But uh, I think it's just funny just seeing, just seeing a familiar face in the news, like just uh, interviewing for head, 
coaching gigs and then beating his old team. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't compliment him too much. Uh, I think he's, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not a huge fan of him. Um, I, I, I just, I don't want to say much. That, that's all, that's all I ended up. Let's just end it on that. He's already been he's already been kicked as much or kicked down too much. Yeah, he's he's already been kicked career. too uh, way too much. So um yeah, I think that's uh is that it? You got any last thoughts or no? Yeah, no, I'm good. No, no, good stuff. Yeah. Like I said, I'm excited about this week. Obviously, you talked about it, some NBA, um NHL's coming back soon, college basketball's heating up. Um and obviously, you know, Saturday, Sunday, and then into Monday with the national championship. Real quick, just real quick, maybe a little prediction on the national championship. Uh I think it'll be close. Um, I think the line was at seven or eight. Uh, I do think Alabama covers late. I think that Alabama is just way too talented. Uh, I do think Fields and Ohio State put up a performance uh, and, and worthy of uh, watching. I'm definitely going to be excited for the game. I'm definitely going to watch the game. But um, I like Alabama. Um, I guess my prediction would be that, yeah, I think Alabama would certainly win this game. I'm still a little skeptical on Fields. If he shows out in this game, I think he could definitely – Certainly raises draft stock. I think a lot of people have him number three to um, Wilson right now. I, I know you can kind of go back and forth with that, but I think a performance against Alabama would, could certainly change that. I'm still a little skeptical on him, but uh, I just think Alabama's way too good. I mean, they lost Waddle midway through the year, and then they're still late. And he might play on so, Monday. Is he really? I don't yeah, think I've seen yeah. much on that. Holy yeah. shit. He's, yeah, done, that, he's done a couple walkthroughs, and uh, – He's going to test it out this Holy weekend. Holy shit. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> right? they're just they're just a truck. Like, this is just – this just goes back to my childhood when, like, three out of five years, I'll let them win it, and they just have – they just be a better team than everybody else. They'd just be in a whole different league. And I feel like this might just be one of those years because they're just way too talented. I mean, I've only really watched Alabama games, like, closely the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, I'll see the highlights. But Devontae Smith, like, he's just so small. He just seems so he, – he looks like a stick. He looks like he weighs, like, 165 pounds, mm-hmm. and he dominates every field that yep. he's on, and he's almost the, the best player. Tonight, so congrats to him. Yeah, he's almost – I mean, he's usually the best player on the field, and he looks like he weighs, like, 165 pounds. He looks like a JV kid that's playing with varsity. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, uh, he's, he's really special. Um, I'm no, excited for the game. I think it'll be a good game. Yo, a lot yeah, of star it, power. A lot of guys that, obviously, we're going to be seeing on Sunday, as always, when it comes to Alabama and Ohio State. So, mm-hmm. uh Definitely should be a good one. Yeah, so this is going to be a pretty lengthy podcast, but uh, that's going to wrap it up. Um, yeah, I don't have any last thoughts. I'm going to oh, I'm good. Start, start editing Can't this Can't wait for the boy. weekend. I'm uh, excited. Oh, yeah. All right, brother. Thank you. All right. No. All right. I'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week, and that's going to be it.